Turkey hunting is one of my favorite things. And one of the key tools I use for turkey hunting is the Onyx Hunt Map. I use it incessantly when I'm hunting turkeys. Being able to find a new piece of public or gaining permission on private opens up opportunities for gobblers. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you this spring. Use the code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt. You'll find more birds this season. I'm telling you, I rely on Onyx Hunt when I'm hunting turkeys. It is an invaluable turkey hunting tool. Hey, I'm excited to share our newest sponsor here on the Meat Eater Podcast, which is Poncho Outdoors. The reason I'm excited is I buy their shirts anyways. Dude, they make some good shirts. And they even have an option where if you're like a skinny dude, you can click like the skinny dude thing. It's great. Based in Austin, Texas, Poncho is committed to crafting the world's best outdoor shirts for men. Poncho is only sold on their own website. So head over to ponchooutdoors.com, use code MEATEATER, for a free hat or t-shirt with any purchase of a shirt. Poncho offers free shipping and returns, so you can try them out risk-free. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug-bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. First thing to bring up is Giannis just flagged this as interesting, is that this is trivia. This is trivia for listeners. Uh, what do you call Let's say you're reading a hardcover book. Okay, and you peel off the dust jacket. What do you call the cover of the book that is under the dust jacket? As much as I've dealt in books for a good portion of my life, I did not know that that is called the case. So whatever's under there, which is usually nothing, is the case design. Not to be confused with casing for sausages. When someone said the design for the bookcase, I thought they meant the, when you buy a box of books, the book it came in, the box it came in. That's not true. The second thing I just learned, Jimmy Dorn told me last night that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy Dorn. I will. Baseball players are infinitely smarter than football players and much better paid. Oh, I didn't guaranteed say money. that. Gary, they have guaranteed money. And, and you said they're smarter. I didn't say that they were smarter. That's not a quote. I think you might be embellishing just a tad. Well, you laid out that uh, they did a much better job, uh, that they don't bang their heads as much. Yeah, that's true. They sustain significantly less head injuries. They don't yes. bang their heads as much, and that they just sort of have, over the years, negotiated. Like, baseball players collectively have negotiated better. Yes, the baseball players union has done, a, a uh, well, in my opinion, a better job than the NFL Players Association making sure that they get paid uh you have you have 
been on the show enough to kind of know the sort of mug or the sort of lady who listens to this show. What percentage of those mugs and ladies do you feel have seen the video you showed me of the guy hitting the morning dove with a baseball, with a fastball? How many women do you think have seen the picture or the video of Randy Johnson hitting a dove with a fastball? I would say it's pretty low. If you haven't seen this video, if you type in, if you type in the word Randy, it autofills the fourth the, the the word Randy alone. When I entered Randy into my phone, the fourth down autofill is what's his name again? Randy Johnson is Randy Johnson hits bird with baseball or something like that. Explodes dove. It is. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, it was a very unfortunate event for the dove. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I like mourned. That's a pun. Do you get the pun when I, I say did. I mourned for the dove? I did. I get it. So, never seen anything like it. Never. I mean, a puff of feathers. <laughs> Exploding and done. Uh, so, Jimmy Dorn's here, then uh, Janice Poodless. Uh, we also learned some uh, Washington State driver's license trivia. Yeah, I didn't catch all that, though, but but, yeah, fill people in. Oh, Tony, like, really got the... You were right there for that, weren't you? She was really checked out. I don't know who was it that was getting their card at that moment. What's the name of this hotel? It It was me. Chateau Westport. The Chateau Westport? Yeah. Yeah. The woman working the counter is really checked out on driver's license trivia. She's got two masters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She knows how to spot a fake. Well, one, now... Your driver's license isn't hor- your driver's license is is printed vertically if you're under 21, which I wasn't aware of. Mm-hmm. You didn't know that? No. <laughs> no, it's been you? a while. I I you know how you can drink in Canada when you're 18. I drank in Canada. 19. Oh, they change it. Didn't it used to be 18. No, I think it was 19. 19 for a whatever while. it was. I drank there on a fake ID. <laughs> Long ago. I feel like all of us growing up in Michigan did that. <laughs> Go to Canada, yeah. Ran across the border for them. But no, I didn't know they changed the way it's printed. Did you guys, did, is there any other significant tidbits from that little lecture she gave us on design layout of driver's licenses? What There's I like. So, something about the numbers, right? And the, the addition. Oh, yeah, that's how they, they tell if it's a fake ID. And I don't know, I don't know the, the, the formula of the numbers and the letters, but something adds up to. I think it's your birth date, like the like the two 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 in my driver's license number adds up to you know I don't, I don't know what it the is year exactly. the, the year you were born, you were born. something like that. It's the yeah, year you were born plus the two numbers after the letters. There you go on your driver's license number total hundred. That's it. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah. So it's oh. yeah. And that's like mine's, some mine's C- seventy eight two two two. Yeah, mine's seventy eight yeah, two two. You're right. So if you try to, there was some other in, like doctor stuff or in license. I don't remember what else. Or doctor your own license. I learned that like when I was sixteen or something. <laughs> I took a paper ID the day I got it. I remember my mom drove me home from the driver's license office. I went up to my room and was immediately there with an eraser and a pencil. And it was <laughs> trying very- to do what? Make a well, fake. I, I was born in 1978, so I turned that eight into a three, and then that day I went to a beer <laughs> store and bought forties for all my boys. <laughs> really? Nice, solid work. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, the eight to the three Seriously. is very easy. You're like, yeah. where, yes. I grew up, where I grew Just up, started making always... a bunch of creases. You yeah. know, yeah, 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 yeah. right in the right spot. Weathered. 
Where I grew up, there was always someone always had some derelict uncle. It felt like someone was always like, oh, so, you know, Billy's uncle, right? And that'd be the guy that would go buy people, go buy beer for people. So I was some like derelict uncle. Lived out, you know, lived in some storage shed behind their parents' house, you know. Great high school football player. (laughs) (laughs) He was was great in high school. The other thing I like about the lady that checked us in at the Chateau Westport is that she asked Giannis his name. And I, Giannis said, Giannis. And I said, it's Janice. And she looks at him and goes, okay, Janice. <laughs> like she wasn't buying it. She thought, she thought he was lying. <laughs> she had already read it. You know, as that was burned, the J was burned into her mind. She couldn't put She's it. Like, Don't tell me what your name is. I know. <laughs> this young man next to you will tell me what your name is. <laughs> and then uh, Tony Calagrazzi has never been on the program before. First timer. We know each other, mostly probably Mark Boardman. Cody. Cody Lujan. Yeah, Mark, Mark and Borman. Cody. I think Brian actually introduced us, but is that really Mark right? and Cody. I was still living, I was living in, I, I was like struggling with trichinosis living in temporary housing when we met. Was that right Right after that? Right right when, I, yeah. Right when you moved here. Yeah. yeah. Introduced just, you to razor clamming. And that you, was, that, I don't, you took, because the, where we're sitting at right now is um the would you say like the Southern Olympic Peninsula? Uh it's not even the peninsula. It's no, the we're Southern Washington south. coast. You guys don't count this as a peninsula? No. no. Really? What no. what do you count being the peninsula? Once you get up past like Puget Sound Hood Canal, like right? Like this is mainland. So like you got to get up past Puget we're Sound. At the, we're at like we're the bay. Oh, really? See, okay. From the Man, coast. I've, been, I've been getting that wrong for a long so, time. So say I would say the like the oh, from the from the north, yeah, like from the oh. anglers and hunters like to use the terms the rivers that drain off of the Olympics. Yeah, from that point northward would be those are the Olymp- those are that's the Olympic, Olympic coast. Oh, so man, you I've have been, like I've been the making tulips river would myself. be the south one. This would be known as like Grays Harbor, Southern Washington Grays coast. Harbor. Yeah, yeah, Grays Harbor County. It's a darn good place to come fishing. So I've been making like a total fool of myself for the three years that I lived in Seattle, which are which I'm which are coming to a close. I've been saying like out on the peninsula, but I'm not on the peninsula. Well, everybody's been laughing at me. If you're saying you're going out razor clamming on the peninsula, they think I'm breaking laws. Either that, no, or they, you, they know you, what you, you mean. You could be up by Claylock or Mocrocs or something like that, and that would be no, kind of Claylock's been open for a few years. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's been closed for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, the first time. So, you're in the gray area. Gray, yeah. In Grays Harbor. In Grays Harbor. Yeah. The first time I ever came out here was, you know what? That's not true, man, because when I lived in western Montana, we used to come out on a Friday. We used to drive out on a Friday just to go drinking in town, wake up Saturday morning, go out to dig steamers and shuck oysters, and maybe catch some flatfish from the beach. And then on Sunday, wake up and drive back to Western Montana. And like Hood Canal, though. Yep. And that was back in the era when we just drive places for really no reason. Yeah, which is Peninsula. Kind of like Wanderlust, man. Just insane and drives. That would be, yeah, that'd be Olympic Peninsula. Yeah, so you'd go back home with like six oysters and a sack on ice. Six? Six. They weren't very good. Yeah. Well, no, because yeah. we'd eat them on, we'd eat them on oh, the We'd camp yeah. on the beach and eat the oysters. Yeah. The western side of Hood Canal, yeah. That's, yeah, they're that's everywhere. The, and that, the and that area of Hood Canal was that 
the rules. I don't know if they've changed. You 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 had to shuck them on the beach mm-hmm. Most because places, each yeah, oyster is a you know there's ten there's more 10 oysters more, yep, stuck yep, to a shell. Yep. It's like picking mushrooms. You leave the spore basically. Yeah, so we'd go dig Manilas or you know steamers. Yeah, we'd go dig steamers and then we would go out and shuck oysters off the beach, and then now and then we'd flick out and catch some little sand dabs or you know some sort of flatfish. Oh, and then we we uh, crab, either setting pots out of a little teeny uh, out of a little teeny canoe, or we would just throw them off piers and whatnot. A ring, get rock crabs and dungies, crank right ring with rings. Which crabbing used to be epic on the canal, and it's pretty much non-existent really? now. We do yeah. it right in town too, man. We well, do it right in Seattle, Seattle too. Huh? That's so the only yeah, place people I do crab that anymore. People though. do that. It really, is a Northern Hood Canal across from Daybob Bay. Northern, yeah, the Southern down I don't by mess, Yeah, I don't know about it's, down there. It's gone. It, it warmed up, amazing. right? Didn't it warm too hot? It yeah. does that periodically. It was just a man. huge kill. and there was a bloom yeah, too, or something. Weird stuff happened. happens in that canal. That's an odd place. Oh, I got to introduce Tommy Edson. Not to be confused with Thomas Edison. That's me, Tommy Edson. We met. Because when Giannis, the long period of time when Giannis wouldn't make me my perch flies, <laughs> just to, I don't want to like air old grievances. Um, he he, it, I asked him for I believe it was eighteen months to take three or four minutes out of his day. You know, and he wouldn't do it. And I and, remember. And in fact, and 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 I long, thank you on the subject. Uh, still hasn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Got your flies? No, Brody made some, and Tommy uh, Edson made me some. That's how I met Tommy. We have I, mutual. I used to think you were a man of such a steel trap memory, but it seems like it's been failing you. Is he, is he you did make me some. I did. Oh, yeah. you I did? Busted him out during a podcast. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Greg Waskin. I, I think so much emotional damage had been done by Ben <laughs> that it was like, yeah, it was like a small come up. And so I'm sorry you did make it, but Tommy made some for me. We want to have a mutual acquaintances in the fishing world. Yeah, it's the guys from the old uh, yep. Northwest Wild Country show. Yep, Joel, Bill, Dwayne. Yep, yep, yep. 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 Um, and we have fished surf perch. Crappies, crappies, yellow Gig, perch, gigged up a couple frogs, smallmouth, and bullfrogs yeah. together. No, um, but to return here, so the first time I came out here as a as a responsible grown up was to come out for razor clamming, and that makes you uh, razor clamming makes you like proud to be an American man because the huge variety of individuals. The only thing that all those people that dig clams on a clam tide have in common is that they like, they're like, it's so many people from so many walks of life and out, so like such a like vast disparities of outdoor experience. And they're bound by wanting to dig clams. Yeah. And the coast out here, when you go out to the coast here, it's like you look left and it's just the same thing. And you look right, and it's the same thing to infinity on either side, speckled with the same concentration of individuals. <laughs> and, the sh- and the beach is so gradual that you can't, 
there's no pitch to it, you know. One of the tides out up at up at like you know Mocrox. Yeah, at the flattest beach in the world, and it's just got a scattering of people of about like if you imagine a hotel room, a hotel room probably have what six seven people in it, right at tide line, to an infinity in one direction and to an infinity in the other direction, just people happily digging digging razor clams, just eyes down. Nope. Looking for the dimples. The dimple. How, like, how would you even explain the dimple? Like, I don't even know how I explained it to like, you. Let's but say, like, if imagine you took if you a, took a photograph, what, what would you be seeing? Talk about what you'd see if you took a photograph and what you see in real time. If you took a photograph, you would see, like, if I took, I'm going to use golf because I know you love it, a, a golf ball. And, I'm following. And, and dropped it from... What Jimmy a foot Maybe off a, foot, a yeah. foot into the sand, and then but it's ephemeral. Yeah, so it's yeah, so so you'd see this little tiny dimple there, but in very in, wet in, in real wet mud or covered wet with wet mud, water. In, and in real time, that dimple would be thousand one. Moving slightly, it would be filling in slightly. I guess you'd and say, it lasts, like, like it's suctioning down. The dimple lasts such a short amount of time that you can't really, you're never really sure you saw it. Exactly, like it's it's there and then it's gone with the with the water. Yeah, so it'd be like like a normal dimple lifespan with the yeah with the water. I'll be like, but I think that's the difference of being a, having a really sharp eye for clams or just being your average razor clammer because there's some that are clearly like there's a clam there yeah and then there's some that some don't show nearly as much they don't show nearly as much but there's a clam there so it's where the experience now, level comes in comes in every time he moves he's retracting yeah he's retracting down so it's sucking so if you sit there long enough will the dimple reform and the same clam like another minute later, he moves again, and the dimple comes back. Oh, no, be because no, and and you get the surf washing over in, in the sand, and, and those things are fast. I mean, I th- I don't know how they move once they go down, but I I think they don't move just like in a vertical mm. column. No, they don't. They, they go, go down like and this, then they head towards they the over, beach, and then they head towards the water. You, which is why you yeah, crush they so head many. Towards the water, and you why yeah. you want to go in at an angle. Well, we got to explain more. So. Let me just say this. A razor clam is a, a big-ass razor clam is not as big as the bill on a baseball hat. Way smaller. Not way smaller. Uh. A big razor clam is if you took a regular bottle of beer and busted off the neck. Yeah, I would say Average that. size. That's right. an average size razor okay. clam. They're about, that, about yay big. Yep. And it's the kind of clam that when he closes his shell, it doesn't contain him. And in fact, he's sort of moving beyond his shell because he's just got a very fragile shell. And when he closes it up, it's like a thick sandwich. And the shells are sort of like the bread, right? And when you look at the one side and the other side, he's just in there. Like he can't even fit in his shell. He's got a big neck sticking out. Yeah. The digger's always out. Yeah. And the digger's always out. Yeah, and the neck kind of like, neck. but the neck doesn't fit in there very well either. The digger's his foot. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 
Right. So the digger goes in. His neck's always out. They like, uh, they like, they don't like. Uh, they're not in gravel. They're in like just fine, fine sand. You wouldn't even call it sand. Sand. I would. You it's would. Like, it's like a, like a. Yeah, sand. Like a tropical beach sand, like what you would want to walk on. In that yeah. stuff, and. They hang out around in in the littoral zone. You guys know that word? I do not. It's where the like the sea meets the land, like the where the wave action plays out. The littoral zone. They hang out in there, and you sort of follow the tide out. And you got a clam gun or a clam shovel, and you study the ground for these ephemeral little dimples that form and vanish. Stick your clam gun, and a clam gun is like a what do you think? What's the diameter on a clam gun? Aren't they like five inches? Six yeah, inches? Five, six inches. It's yeah. so a five, six diameter tube with a hand, with a T handle on it. And you jam that son bitch down in the mud right on top of where the dimple, you center the dimple on the gun and then tip it. And I've heard both. I've heard tip it toward shore and I've heard tip it toward the ocean. But I think you tip toward, I think tipping toward shore. To not cut the clam in half with the clam gun. Yeah, which happens all too often. You bust a lot. Yeah, man. bust a lot. But you're not supposed but you gotta keep your busters. Yeah. So then there's like this little air there's this little air escape hole in that clam gun, because as you shove the gun down, it compresses the air and so or you know, shoves the air out and you sink it down till it's buried in the mud, then you plug the air hole and pull out and it pulls the whole slug of mud out. Which your cylinder's about what a uh, foot and a half, two feet? Yeah, I'd say it's 18 inches. 18 no, inches. Probably 18 inches. 18 inches? Yeah. yeah. You, put, you just cylinder. plug the hole with your yeah. finger? Plug the hole with your finger yeah, and you pull out. Yeah. When you're shoving down, the air needs to escape the yeah. tube. Yeah. You're but basically... Then to, but to yeah. make suction, you just then plug. It's like a little trigger hole. You plug that little trigger hole, and you pull the whole kit and caboodle up. Yeah. You're pulling a core sample out of the ground. The yeah. Sort yeah. Of, yeah. Take yeah. a core sample. Exactly. Good. It's a really and good way to explain it. most of the time, half the time, you dump it out and the clam's not there. Then you jump in and sink your arm into the up to the armpit in the hole, or you double punch, like pull up some bitches there, cramp back down in there, and then you get it good. Then pull them up and you catch them, or you jump down and sink your arm up to the armpit, and there he is down in there. Cut your hand on him. Cut your hand. <laughs> Cut your hand. <laughs> yeah. See, like your God, that's why I call razor clamps. <laughs> pull him up, and there he is. And you're allowed fifteen. And it's the first 15 that come out of the ground. They don't want you high-grading them. Right. And they don't want you discarding them. But people do anyway. And so pretty soon it's seagulls all over eating busted-up razor clams. And it's a hoot, man. And they kind of open it just sporadically. Like a weekend here, a day there. And it's usually the PM the PM low tide. Yeah, the PM low tide. Have mm-hmm. you done it in the evening with Lantern? I've Did never you ever gone, do that? No, because I take my kids. I have. I've done yeah. it in the evening. It's fun. Lantern. It's real fun. I feel like you'd lose children yeah. at night. You have them hold a lantern. <laughs> That's a good chore. Tony, we were out with kids, and you had your youngest in one of those backpack carriers, That's but not right. strapped in. That's right. And you bent over to work a clam, yeah. and the kid come out the carrier. She kept trying to reach down out of the carrier to grab the clam. So I'd come over like this, and she would she would come out of the backpack trying to reach out, too, and she came out of the carrier <laughs> right in the surf <laughs> oops 
You just, just, there's like, you go out there on a rough day and there's just kids washing back and forth. <laughs> it's hard to get any clams because you're trying to pull your kids out of the surf. Grace Harbor Baptist. You got to watch them. <laughs> but then the last clam and we did, the last razor clam we did, we went out and it was just like zero wind. And so you weren't plagued by all the waves coming in and wiping all the shows away. You know, it was just out. And then we were just limited in no time. But what's funny is my kid, I tell him, well, go count them. So he goes off the beach and dumps them all out. And all of a sudden I see him running around screaming and panicking because <laughs> all the clams just immediately start, start going back into the crowd. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't tell what he's jumping up and down, waving his arms and yelling about. So I realized that all of our clams are making the break for to make it away. Which totally shocked him, man. He had no idea what to make out of that. <laughs> Did you lose any or were they not that fast? I don't know if we, that I don't, is awesome. I don't think we actually we just had to like go grab them back up. They were trying to get away. We just kind of scooped we scooped them all back up out but that day it was so good there was no risk of running out of them mm. then uh the other activity that i got in out here was oh hold on what's your normal preparation for those man s- clam strips like classic going to a restaurant and get clam but kind of like a thinking man's clam strip not like uh where you, you know you picture going into a restaurant ordering clam strips and you get done eating them, and then there's just like a the bottom of the basket's full of a bunch of breading clumps. Mm-hmm. Mine aren't like that. I, d- I gently dust them. I take all the diggers and fry those, and then I take the remaining portion of the clam, which I don't I don't know what it's called. There's a shitload of meat on, called? on a razor clam, and I dice it and I make chowder out of that. Dude, the things you pull out of those things' stomachs is insane. I've never paid too much attention to it. Well, there's there's sea worms in there. Really? Baby crabs are in there. Definitely seen baby crabs. I've never seen that. Yep. It's been a long time. They since siphon up like they hmm. siphon up some some crazy stuff, wow. man. It's not like a normal little steamer that's just like filter feeding. I mean, they're filled like they are, but they're sucking up stuff. Lots wow. of chunks of sea worm and lots of little teeny crabs that that razor clam is sucking up. And there's a ton of meat on one. They're so good. Oh my goodness! I want like some. Like the now. little beach crabs or the sand crabs. The little teeny the ones guys. With the pinchers. It, it just you know it's it's a crab the size of your pinky nail, huh? They're good hung up in cold smoke too. Really? Yeah, they're good like that. I have smoke a fr- clams. Yeah, I have a friend that does that. I've never done it, but I've eaten his, and they're delicious. So what I've done with them is do like a thinking man's clam strip, which by that I mean not like that crazy doughy. Right, you in general don't like a um, a batter, batter, no. heavy breading. Don't like batter. I like gentle breading. My buddy Henry turned me on to using Bisquick. It worked like a champ. Really? Yeah, it worked great. But not like you're not doing an egg wash. You just actually quick Bisquick and then auto. Just breading was, it with Bisquick. Just, yeah, not. And it was fantastic. Oh, oh you know that. what? We'll yeah, put shout that, out to Henry Miller for we'll that. We'll put one. that in the show notes. Yeah. T- uh, Tony just sent me a nice picture of us out clamming with a bunch of kids who are will in five minutes get, be soaked. That's that's the that's, day your kid fell out of the backpack. That's right before, yeah, right just, before just the prior clam- to the uh, the dumping. Right before the calamity. Yeah. <laughs> um, Would it work to just drag around a big inner tube with a kid stuck in it? Like no. built, built, it's just too much surf. For yeah, that. yeah, it would never work. <laughs> that would never work. Hey, man, it's a struggle to find time to manage one's finances. It's a struggle to find time to manage my finances. You go through like a busy week, and the last thing you want to do is spend time budgeting 
you know, your expenses and tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions you're paying for that you don't use. But now you use Rocket Money and does all of that for me. I'll tell you, this this happens all the time in our family because, like, something will come out that we want to watch. And they lure you in with a one-month trial. And you're like, oh, you know, I'll do the one-month trial. Then I'll come back and cancel. And then I can watch this whole thing. And then, like, you don't. You forget about it. And then, and then a year goes by and you've been paying these guys 12 bucks all year and never watched a single thing. This finds that stuff and gets rid of it for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app. It goes in and finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings instead. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Again, rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Spring is a great time to do something with your family. Do some spring cleaning, which I kind of started today outside, planning outdoor activities, which I'm always doing, taking a little trip to Hawaii with your kids for spring break, which I just did, which was great. You know what else you can do for your family this spring? You can shop for life insurance with Policy Genius. Make that part of your financial planning for the year. I've said it before a thousand times, I'll say it again. When my wife and I, when we started having kids, we got serious about life insurance, and man, I felt so much better after we did. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Applying for tags each year in the West can be daunting. Yeah, I apply for everything everywhere. It's daunting. You have to go to a variety of sources to formulate your best guess as to where to apply. Well, this is a thing of the past now. Onyx just launched hunt research tools to simplify the process for all hunters. This tool helps organize the data that matters, makes comparing hunt options easy, and helps hunters develop a plan based on real metrics rather than gut feelings. Onyx Hunt also offers all elite members a free digital membership to Hunt and Fool, who I use, for boots on the ground insight and knowledge, and a membership to Hunt Reminder, so you never miss another deadline. Stop stressing over application season and apply with confidence in 2024. Check out OnX Hunt Research Tools, free for all OnX Hunt Elite members. Not an elite member? Well, let's fix that. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt. This is an app I use literally every day. I use it for every aspect of hunting, scouting, trapping, you name it. So, yeah, I do that. I guess there's like three main things I do. I'll come home and clean them all. And you got to get rid of the gut on them because the gut's the only part you don't eat on them, really. Then I will put them in a vacuum bag, the ones I'm going to keep. Just put a bunch of them in a vacuum bag, and it makes a nice little flat little 
pack of the clams and I'll freeze them like that. And I have some in my freezer now and then, um, and back seal them in there. And then I do them in pasta. So like your like classic linguine kind of right. Buttery clam sauce thing. And then my wife likes clam chowder. So I will make Manhattan chowder, which is red new England chowder, which is white. Or a combo that's kind of a little bit of both. But I prefer to, on a clam I caught, I prefer to make the Manhattan chowder because it doesn't like hide your clam in a white pasty glue. You know what I mean? Because like you went through all the trouble to dig the things up, right? You want them to like, you want to look in there and be like, well, there's the clams. Yeah. So that's why I like like the the red Manhattan chowder. I enjoy razor clams so much, just eating them like you said, fried, in really any way, that I felt like it was almost a waste to make chowder out of them. Yeah, well, my wife likes chowder. Yeah, no, I do too. But it's like there's other clams. Yeah, I would that's use why you that. take the, the bigger, blues or tender the, or part, the, fry it, and yeah. then take the chewier yeah, part makes sense. and make the chowder. I never thought of that. That's a good idea. How do you cold smoke it? What do you mean you brine? Oh no, he does it. He, 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 I'm assuming he brines them up. But I remember. Him bringing them out on fishing trips and whatnot, and they were just these big, beautiful, smoked up, really razor hmm. clams. You know that were just intact. You know, not cut up into strips or anything, and they were nice, man. That's a were great good. idea, man. Tastes well, like an oyster. Smoked oyster? No, like- not as strong as an oyster. You huh. know, more like a clam. They still they retain their flavor. You know, but they they were good. They were really good. Yeah, all the razor clams I've dug have all been. On the same couple beaches out here. What I used to think was the peninsula. <laughs> yeah. Later to realize I I've been like making a few. Yeah. Oh, You've been it's, hanging out in the harbor this whole time. Yeah. I mean, it kind of. I'm going to go is, around to my neighbors who I bring clams not, to. And coast. Stuff. I'm going to go and say, hey, man, you know what? You know how I told you where I got those? It's not where I got them. They've probably been driving <laughs> up and down the Olympic Peninsula looking for a beach. <laughs> they've, been in, yeah. they've been in Hood Canal saying, all I can find is oysters. Mm hmm. <laughs> I've only been to the one. Is it? Is it? I always call it Mo Rocks, but I'm sounding like Mo Crocs, Mo Crocs, Mo or Mo Clips, Mo Clips. yeah, it's Mo Clips. They call it Mo. The town is Mo Clips. The beach, the beach is Mo Crocs. So when you check in the clam tides, you see like yeah, you go in the regs. If you type in like like razor clam, you go into you go into to Google and type razor clam season or whatever. It just takes you to that page or tells you what's coming up, and it'll be like. The breakdowns are simple. All the different yeah. beaches, the days are open. Yep. And we went out there one time, me and my wife and our three kids came out to hit a clam tide and stayed in that uh, Ocean Shores hotel. And it's a big place. And I'm telling you what, like about two hours for low tide, every hotel door opens up and people walk out of their hotel rooms and hit boots. Yeah. To be a cleaning person at that hotel would be hell. Yeah. That wouldn't be a party. I agree. No. Because the amount of mud and yeah. sand, and then everyone goes down, and it's like this giant tailgate party. That's the kind of tailgate I could get involved in. Yeah. People sitting around on the tailgates, drinking beers, getting ready to or having just dug up razor clams. Like yeah. I said, man, it makes you like really happy to be American, to yeah. go clam digging. Especially if it's like it is now. Sunny. And in Washington beaches, you can drive on the beach, so it's nice. Like Oregon... Tons of razor clamming areas, yeah. But you yeah, can't you drive can. on the beach. You got to yeah. pack in. You yeah, you got to walk country, to the beach. Pack it in. You don't know country clam diggers association. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Boom. That's, that's the thing too. With make or- it real easy yeah. up here. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a that's a good point because like it seems like at low tide that water's out there a mile, mm-hmm. 
and then you got to park in a parking lot or a little roundabout somewhere across the dune, and then you got another mile to go. Yeah, with whereas three here, kids, you, you know. Oh, here's the cooler, man. Beach yeah, and the kids love it driving up and down the beach. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and you park. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Walmart parking lot that never ends, yeah. man. If everyone from yeah. ten WalMarts all had to park in a line yeah. up and down the beach. Yeah. It's the only time I'm glad to see other people out doing what I'm doing. Normally, you're like, ah, someone else got Somebody here first. Here. Yeah. But there, it's like, oh, yeah, man. I wonder why that is. You're right. I feel that way, too. Well, there's plenty to go around. Yeah, there's just so much room. Yeah. So, you, Jimmy, you go a fair bit. I've been a few times, but I've only been to the one beach that I've been mispronouncing now for several years. What do you Don't call feel it? Too, I called it Morox, but it's not Morox. It's Mocrox. Mocrox. So... Anyways, they're on the uh, fishing game website. It'll it's really pretty clear and easy to navigate and get through. And they tell you when it's going to be open. Well, it's the only reg. It's the only reg in the world that's easy. Yeah, it seemed pretty simple, and it was. And it, it's it's very user friendly. Yeah. That part of the reg is part, very. Yeah. yeah, if you don't like to dig razor clams, you can suck it, man. Yeah, yeah There's something wrong. Yeah. It's like it's just like the digging funnest, razor clams. It's just, yeah. a it's good just time. like the funnest thing in the yeah. world. It's like yeah. a qualifying question. You like yeah. digging razor clams? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I hate it. It's a lot of stuff for anything. Not going to be your friend. Any excuse to go to the beach. Yeah. Then the second thing I got into uh, was surf perching. Yeah, surf perching. And then you're, Tommy, Edson, you're the first guy I met that was like really self-identified as a surf perching. I like to fish surf perch, man. I always have. These these guys, the guys I work with, like Giannis, I would just say my surf perch mentor. Oh, (laughs) And they would know who I was talking about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was just always something to do when you were at the coast, either digging clams or, you know, we'd run out to the coast. Like me and Tony discussed yesterday, we'd run out to the coast fishing salmon or steelhead and all the rivers are punched. Well, what are we going to do? We're going to go catch a boat. We're going to go catch a cooler full of surf perch. You know, razor clam. Go, or... go fish surf perch or surf perch. You know, that's that's kind of what you do. Yeah, the, then I discovered the combo. Yeah. Because surf perch yeah. open year, no year close round. season. Yeah. 15 surf perch a day and it's they're always there yeah you like i've never had a day where i've never I, yesterday I, was I should, yesterday was pretty sucky when i thought it well, was, yeah, I would be, I thought it was be below par, it was below par it was below what i expected but it wasn't poor by any means no, we, we came, came out, away with a we came, out surf, we came out and surf perched on christmas eve something like that yeah, yeah. you did no and i thought that would be no 23rd of december 23rd of december and i thought we'd come out and it would just be like hellaciously nasty which I it was did too it was cold i remember that day but walked out there oh, yeah, you fished that day 30s. too yeah we fished. Cold, cold day, that day. windy yeah. and you walk out and it's like the most like unforgiving atmosphere yeah where it's just like pounding surf salt spray yep. cold and you're like why and what self-respect in fish would possibly be yeah and that churning froth yeah and you go down there and huck out a um a gulp sandworm. A gulp sandworm, or a, I was. I threw some. Uh, I threw some razor clam next that morning. Yeah, I, I was saying you know, they squid, were good I think yeah. squid, squid or razor good, clam. I'm would sure. Work great. Razor clams Something were good. The problem the... with bait like that is you end up getting crabs too, and the crabs will just pick at your stuff. Yeah, because you do pull, you do snag, yeah. and hook <laughs> crabs on it and pull them in. The gulps work really well, but to flick out into that churning, godforsaken yeah. froth, yeah. and whap, yep. fish, yep. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that's yep. how the hit was knocking goes. on the door. It was music. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. <laughs> the big ones are just like a little miniature takedown in your hand. They just kind of hit it and don't. 
you know, they grab it, turn it, swim away. I got um the bait. They're good. I've only ever used one thing for bait. Really? Because it stays on your hook all the time. Man, I've experienced with all kinds of stuff. Or What's the bag say? What do you mean? On a gulp sandworm. What's the bag outfish say? Outfishes everything else. <laughs> Outfishes live bait. Outfishes yeah. all other bait. So yeah, I was like, wow, that's right. I'll it take a bag of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they Tour. were good and they're durable. <laughs> Outfish is all other bait. Well, clearly this well, is the bait for me. You could <laughs> seriously, no further. Yeah, you could seriously go spend a very minimal amount of money on bait and tackle and have enough to get through the entire day of surf perch fishing. It's not snaggy. You're not going to donate a bunch of gear. No, but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what does happen is, you know, when you're uh, squid jigging, I'll lock my line off because like. Oh, on your reel. Yeah, when you, well, we'll check this out. So you're squid jigging, and you lock your line off. and uh, So that way, when you open your bail, your squid jig drops to, like, inches above the bottom when you're off a pier. Because the minute it hits the bottom, you're going to snag the what I imagine to be a carpet of other squid jigs that are <laughs> snagged. So like, I think there's one rock, and then eventually that rock grows into a carpet of squid jigs. It's just a coral reef of squid jigs. Well, yeah, <laughs> and so you can't touch the bottom. So I lock all my reels off, especially with my kids. So idea. you just open the bale, and when the line stops, the line stops where it's supposed to stop, and you're, it's safe to start your stroke there. Well, it was squid jigging season, and so I rig everybody up. Um, I rig everybody up. You know, you got two ounces of lead, one ounce of lead on your surf perch rod. Sure. And me and my two brothers kind of spread out. You know, I walk one way, they walk their way, and one goes down below. And in no time, we're all back up re-rigging because the minute you fire that, uh, you fire that oh. lead <laughs> out, and it goes, and it goes yeah. thirty Snap. feet and comes up against that lock off. Yeah. All that stuff just keeps going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that had to be twice yesterday, man. I did one really? cast. Yeah, I did one cast where my my braid was knotted up on my spool, re-rigged, came out and did another cast. One of those ones where you accidentally, where you somehow. Yeah, it hooks on to something. Flick your, something. Close your bail up. Yeah. And set my rig off into yeah. the outer space. Sure. It arrived in Japan. I used to do that to a lot of giant night crawlers, and then my granddad would fuss at me. What do you mean? Because we would just be out pan fishing, you know, and instead of clipping off an inch or two or whatever you needed, you know, on a small, like, size six hook, I'd put on, like, a eight, ten inch night, for night, yeah, night crawler, you know, and as a kid, probably didn't weave it on there properly, and then... <laughs> my hook would go about eight feet in that night collar. <laughs> the night collar lands out in the zone. Yeah. yeah, that's a big kid thing, I think, too. It's like every time they cast, like it'll land in a while later, the mouth, the worm comes yeah. <laughs> touching down somewhere else. The whip. Yeah. But the ones here are uh, red tail surf perch. Red tail surf perch, yeah. And it's funny, man. It's like one of those things that enough guys go that if you go look online, there's like information, but. It's not satisfying to research surf perch fishing no, online. No, I don't know if that's a thing about guys just staying tight-lipped about it because maybe they don't want the company, or it's maybe just like lack of interest overall. I don't know, but people should be doing it because, I mean, we've all seen how many miles and expanses of beach there are here. I know that's the like. I look at like emails that come into us, and it's just so many guys just being like, "Dude, there's so many people, and this and that, and I lost my spot, and then and then." But then there's like certain things to do, like fish and surf perch. Yeah. Where and I would say that it's not fair to say it's an unexploited resource. And it's not I don't know if it's fair to say underexploited resource, but 
It's just that, yeah, right. Yes, yeah. they were surf perch fishing. Yeah, and you we know, saw I saw another, another guy, guy come out and give it a cut, take a couple pokes. Yeah, oh, there was there was a few people out there. Yeah, but it just yes, was generally. Yeah. I saw one other yeah. guy other than our party. Kind of oh, concentrated I, around the beach. Three or four other guys out there. Yeah. Oh, really? yeah. I, I think I saw a total of three dudes taking oh, a poke okay. mm-hmm. somewhere in the vastness of the beach for some brief period of time. But it's not; they're just not getting pounded. No, in that day when it was really good, and on days you're out there when it's really good, and you just stay in one spot, so you have this beach that goes for you know miles, miles and miles and miles and miles, yeah. and you cast out, and you're like, "There's no way there's a fish out there," and you cast out, and like, yeah. "Whap!" There's a fish, yeah, there's, and whap, fish there. there's another one, yeah. and you think, "Like, man, there must be a ton." Got be a things. lot of them, yeah. But you can't just take them. You can't just cook them like um. They're not as forgiving as a lot of fish. No, they're a little delicate, and they like you just got. They take a little more care. Like they don't make a like. You can't just fry them up no. like willy nilly. Like sponge. you can rockfish or cod or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, you can't like carelessly hurl it into a bucket of hot oil and think it's going to be good. It's too delicate. And you talk about people like to steam them. Yeah, I did that kind of kind of a steamy poach thing on some people last like to summer. barbecue. They were good them. like that. I've found the two ways I like to do it. I made the mistake one time just sautéing them in butter and then putting them on pasta with my clams. So it was like a clam surf perch on pasta. Yeah. And they just fell apart. Really? And then my kids didn't like it because they were all falling apart. Yeah. They wanted to pick the fish out, but they couldn't pick yeah. the fish out because the fish disintegrated. Then what I started to do is I would take them and take the fillets and brush them in olive oil, season them, put them on a on an oiled bacon sheet and put them in a 400 degree oven and let them sit in there until the edges are starting to crisp, like, to get crisp a like a potato chip. That's a good idea. Then take my spatula right off and those sons of guns are good. Are they? Or what we did on Christmas Eve, last, no, Christmas dinner last year is scaled them, gutted them, left them whole, cut, scored them. Yeah. Like cut a Cut a if the fish is sitting horizontal like the way he belongs, cut three or four vertical gashes in them, fry those in peanut oil until they're till the fins are just crispy, crispy. crisp, crisp. Yeah. And then made like a Thai dipping sauce. Mm-hmm. That sounds and good. And that was good. And everybody liked that. I bet that was good. You end up with all those crispy edges on them, man. That's good. Then you just pick it for your kids and your yeah. kids will like it. Yeah. I like anything whole fried like that. Especially like surf perch. Yellow perch, anything like that, whole fry, man. If I can whole fry it, usually that's what I'll do because I just love eating them that way. It's like, it's something like picking up like a turkey leg or a drumstick when yeah. you get them right. I mean, granted, some fish are just too big to do it, but. Or some of the you know, bone structures too delicate. Bluegills and sunnies and crappies and, the, you know, smaller surf perch. They all taste the same, man. You just got to keep more of them. Yeah, the, the, they do. Yeah. But then the only problem is some of them, the bones are too. Right. Yeah. Like, I remember the writer Ian Frazier was explaining to me uh, eating roe shad. Not the roe, but American shad. Mm-hmm. Eating whole cooked, whole baked shad. And he equated uh, it to trying to fix your watch. Really? <laughs> Picking the bones. Mm. Like, that level of, you know. I had she's like trying to take a watch apart. It was pressure cooked, and it was good, but it was like any other fish you would put in a pressure cooker. American shad. It would have been cooked for I don't know how long in a pressure cooker. A friend of mine goes down and catches lots of them, and he loves them. 
Dude, the eggs out of out of a row shad are unbelievable. I think I mean, that's why they call them row shad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, McPhee, John McPhee, has that book, The Founding Fish. Which How do you is prepare the, story. the eggs? It's the traditional way is to you just take the whole sack out. So I've caught in my life three American shad. One happened to be a row shad, fighting one of the fightingest fish out there. Oh yeah, they're tons. This is in the Delaware. This is in the Delaware River. Yeah. And if anyone knows your Revolutionary Excellent. War history, but this is far yeah. above where where Washington crossed the Excellent Delaware. Crab bait. Shad. shad are phenomenal crab bait, man. Oily, great crab bait. Yeah, the yeah. book McPhee's book, John McPhee's book, The Founding Fish, is just sort of like an American history, but about that fish mm. and sort of the degree to which people on the American coast relied on the shad fishery. And there's things in Daniel Boone's biography even where, so Daniel Boone, someone came and notified, uh, no, it was Daniel Boone's family. This came from Boone's son later told, a uh, Daniel Boone's son was later interviewed and he was telling a story about his father and mother and the story was that the shad were running mm-hmm. in pennsylvania when boone's family was still in pennsylvania and i'm trying to try to remember how this goes so i so i get it right and they caught baskets full they netted up baskets full of american shad they had so many that one of the kids was dispatched, I think it was Daniel maybe, was dispatched to go to a neighbor's and tell the neighbors, come get fish. We have so many fish. So he does and comes back, and somehow Daniel Boone winds up being asleep by where they were fishing. And the two girls are sent over to get fish, and they see Boone sleeping, and they dump a bucket of fish guts on Boone's face as a prank. And Boone gets up and cold cocks one of them. <laughs> and they run home to tell on him. And the mom comes over to give the what for to Boone's mom. And she says, well, you better teach those girls some manners. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> frontier justice. Wow. Uh, but the traditional way is you take the, you, 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 you basically like very gently saute the fish's egg sack in bacon grease. Oh, okay. Is how it's done, and yeah. holy, it, it, yeah, yeah. We've been known to go down and catch a bunch of them, just to have a bunch of crab bait throughout the summer. American have to shad. worry about it, yeah. In the Columbia, they've introduced them out here. Yeah, there's tons of them in yeah, the Columbia. And I remember hearing the history about how they were introduced, but I don't want to talk about it because I'll probably get it wrong. But they were. It's a. It was. Yeah. But there's literally millions of them in the Columbia River, and you go down and anchor up a boat and put back. Yeah, little Dick Knights and bring lots of snacks and kids and let kids reel in well, American shad all day. It's just a small little shaver spoon uh, about Dick that Knight? long. Dick yeah. Knight is what it's, it's called. Manufacturer. Ever heard of a Dick Knight? You never heard of a Dick Knight? No, I thought you were. I thought you were using like a euphemism. No, they're called a Dick Knight. It's like a we Dick, Dick like a shad, like a shad dart. We N I T E. Oh, because we would use just these little little red and white jigs, like a little shad, shad, darts. Yeah, shad yeah. darts. Yeah, you can use those too. Yeah, I mean, why you look so un- why you look so unhappy that we're talking about? Uh, Surf perch and, and uh and, American and Shad. American Shad. Do I look unhappy? Yeah, you do. No, I'm cool. Really? You fine? Yeah. Yeah. Anything you would like to any questions that come up? No, I'm I'm tracking so far. Is it just that uh is it just that cause you just don't have a lot of experience with surf perch? I have none with Shad. I have a little bit with surf perch. Can you now. tell me what your impressions are of surf perch fishing yesterday? I'd like to hear because you you'd never been before and no. there you were. 
There I was. Standing there in your chest waders. Yeah, on a lonely beach. I was thinking earlier how it doesn't seem like how driving all over the beach has messed the beach up at all. But there's probably things that happen that you don't see. Sure, there's something. But it's like yeah. if you're going to drive on a beach, that's the beach to do it on. Yeah. The thing's basically made out of concrete. Yeah. Although someone's... Uh, Sunk right in about five minutes after we got there. We yeah. saw a minivan drive in. I saw that. But that, I, beach, I, that beach has a different, that beach is a little it, teeny different than Mo Crocs. Yeah. Yeah. It's when you enter the beach out here, it's pretty soft. Yeah. I don't think yeah. you should be driving your Astro van out there. No. They were, no. they were, not, past the they five didn't know. It's telling you that too. If, and if you do, you better come in hot and get to the hard sand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What what other uh, what was your what, what other things do you have to add, Giannis? There you are, you're in your chest waiters. Proud to be an American. Well, it's, you know, it's always nice to be in a position doing something you've never done before. You know, a little challenge coming at you, something you got to learn. And uh, it wasn't a very good day of fishing, though. No, that it was, day it was it was tough. But you know, it ended up being fine. I, I you know, worked out for me because I just started looking around, going, "All right, what what am I going to do differently than we're doing?" And try to catch fish, and I ended up finding a little rip current, and just thinking, "Oh, you know, I'll fish." Because from gleaning from what everybody else is saying, like, "Oh, a little drop is good, current break is good," and just sort of looking for something different, I found this little rip and ended up catching six fish out of it. So, did you get six? Yeah. Worked Damn. out pretty good. Yeah, I think I let two go and kept four. Wow. Surf perch master. I only kept one or two all day yesterday. I couldn't I catch any big ones. Four. You know, surf perches and razor clams too. I was thinking earlier why I like it, surf perching and razor clamming, shad fishing, all those things. It, it's, it's different from most other things I do, such as steelhead fishing or hunting, because you can walk out on the beach and you'll talk to the guy that you see, like you said, you don't mind seeing people. You're like, how you doing? Yeah. And he'll say, I caught three. And you actually believe him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you raise your clam and you're like, oh man, I'm loading up here. I got two limits. You believe him. You're like, this is a good spot. I'm going to stay here. You go shad fishing. People are like, they're willing to share the information about these fisheries. Right, like such as you were willing to share the information with Steve about the yeah. surf perching. You go to a, a, a boat launch up on the Peninsula oh, yeah. Rivers. Everybody's hush. You ask somebody man. about how many steelhead they caught that day. Ah, it's been a slow day. Slow day. Yeah, I mean, you, I don't you know, know what happened. An honest answer out of anybody from no, Hoquiam to Forks. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think it's a lot of it's like they want to preserve something that they feel is more special to them it's than anyone like, else or. I don't that's know. That's my honey hole right there, right? And they don't want yeah. more. Com- we already got enough people. Yep. You know, we don't need any more people. Don't talk about it. And I, it's it makes me upset, to be honest with you, because guys just want to fish. Exactly. You know, guys just want to get out and catch some stuff, man. You know, and besides, when you talk about a fishery, whether it be surf perch, whether it be steelhead on the peninsula, if you're going to name a place, it's kind of a good thing because then it's bringing money to it and attention. You know, and. Those are management dollars. Oh, it keeps those towns alive. Too. Yeah. Some of them, yeah. You know, and and it's there's no ownership for those guys that are fishing those rivers. You right. know, and a lot of people get ticked off when even people come from the west side. You know, to, I guess they'd call it the east side to the west side to fish these rivers out here and so on. Uh, it's kind of like this territorial thing. Yeah. 
And it's unfortunate because I think, you know, it's obviously a resource we all have to share. And it's everybody has the same right to it. Yeah. So people want to keep hush hush to try to keep people away from it. Like it's like it's theirs. You know, it's like note. a honey hole, you know. So yeah. it's just protecting their you know, they don't want you to think it's good because you'll come back tomorrow. Yeah. You're gonna bring more out. You're gonna bring more people. And, and to exactly. that like to that point though, too, like you go out to the peninsula in the wintertime when steelhead season's in full swing. And look at license plates, man. You'd be surprised yep. how many dudes are from Montana. Montana. Well, really? Huge. Tons of guys are out there fishing and want to, want to catch a steelhead on a two-handed fly rod. Well, that's a recent development, the, oh, too, no, which is the, the guiding operations. Yeah. You know, these guys, yeah. they go, they guide all the trout rivers uh, all, all year long, and then they come over here mm. in the winter and guide. But that's kind of what you, Same you operations. kind of grew up doing that, though, fishing these rivers out here for salmon and steelhead. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Both you yeah. guys. Yeah, for sure. That's another thing that like kind of got me what like another notch in the surf perch belt is it's like it wasn't what it was. It or it isn't what it once was. You know what I mean? With the hey look at me, I got this great big fish is what it's become. And like those were like such fond memories of just as a kid going yeah. to those Yeah. Oh, well, it it's almost famous steelhead rivers. Yeah, man, yeah. that it almost hurts to see what they've come to. Yeah, it does. So I think it in does. a sense, you can kind of love it to death. And it's like I love it so much that I'll just step away from it because I don't want to see it hurt anymore, and I'll go stand on the beach. Man, I'm right there. Or I'll go fish crappies. It's, I love fishing crappies. You know that. But I'm right like, there with you. Yeah. Like, I mean, I I used to pound these rivers up here. Yeah, and that's what I mean. just love going me to them. Too. When I don't I'm even talking talk to dudes, how much time have we spent talking? Me talked about me spending time t- fishing steelhead or salmon because i just don't much anymore yeah. that's what, when i meet yeah. people when i when i meet people that know tony they always want to tell me about your reputation as a salmon and steelhead guy spend a lot of time out here but not recently and it's like him it's like i almost just rather step away and just not be one of the crowds and just kind of be like hey you yeah. guys enjoy it whatever I, and i don't know if that's I remember it. Maybe I've kind of caught, I'd rather you've, remember you've caught a lot of fish. You've kind of done it. You know, right, I don't, been there, done I, that. Yeah. And I'm, I don't want to say I've been there, done that. Like, yeah, I, like I don't I'm saying that either because it sounds yeah, arrogant. It does. It, but it's, it's, but it's like, like I've caught my I've caught my share of steelhead. I've got some really beautiful fish. Um, I'm happy floating that river. I'm happy floating the queets and through the rainforest and not catching a single fish. I'm I happy will take as a clam. far you know, fewer so. fish. Far fewer fish over butte i will take far fewer fish maybe even not even one for a season and beautiful scenery over crowds and limits and any day of the week <laughs> i really will i'll hike into the upper arguing sp- yeah, yeah people I'll argue all the time on fist rivers. fights dude yelling fist fights you know, I've, full I've blown knockdown drag out fights it's, it gets kind of ridiculous I mean, people just it. yelling at you you know Went right through our water, whatever. It's like, man, there's a stump over here. There's a log jam over here. I got nowhere else to go. Yeah. You know, like, I used to, it's where I got to go. You know, it's just, it, it's just, it's crowds and it's, it's, uh, you know, people being territorial and thinking you should be off their river or whatever it is. I don't know. It's just kind of gotten to a point where it's got, it, it's a little ridiculous now. So. It must be something that like, it must be something that's like a steelhead thing because it is. I went through years of being, uh, maybe people feel so lusty for steelhead that it brings out the worst in them. Because I went through a few years of being really, really into fishing steelhead in the Great Lakes. 
like into it, into it to the point, like making hash marks on the roof of my van to mark mm-hmm. like how many you got, you know what I mean? Like golf clicker mentality about yeah. the, Oh my God, it landed 42, you know, in April, May or whatever. Um, like that kind of into it. Cause I had kind of like quit, mostly quit fur trapping and hadn't found something that, cause when you trap, you like, you trap every day. So I, when I quit doing that, there was a couple years there. Yeah. I quit doing that. When I was 22. And then there was a couple years there before I moved out West. And, uh, you needed something to fill that like every dayness. Yeah. So I got way into fish and steelhead. And I would, the only fights I've been in, I got in one fight on a river in Montana, which I'll tell you about, but all the fights were always like fighting with steel, with mm-hmm. steelhead guys. I remember like it was so, it like so combative. I remember a guy one time saying, asked me what my name was. I said, Steve. He goes, well, Steve, I think I hooked your waders. Fishing that tight where a guy hooked my wader on his drift. Yeah. Just I, elbowing people out of the way. Getting in there because if you're if you're in a spot and you're hooking a couple steelhead, other dudes just are like it. Just it makes them feel sick. They yeah. want in there so yeah. bad. I mean, especially if you come in there after them. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen like people. I've <laughs> seen people act that way for pinks, <laughs> which is which is sound, ridiculous. Which is like I don't know. Maybe it, I'm sure a lot of it's just people that don't catch a lot of fish. Yeah, so they don't understand. Like they probably just don't have any appreciation for like quality of it of their fish or their quarry or whatever it may be. But they, I mean, I've seen scenarios where you'll be lined up on a river and then people are hooking waders. You'll be waded out in the water knee deep, and say you're twenty feet from, let's say you're twelve feet from the from the rocks, from the gravel, from the gravel bar, and somebody standing on the gravel bar casting over the top of you. Oh, is that right? Yes, I've seen that. That's another. That's just another reason why, man. I just don't. I just see, yeah, I, I, yeah. There's always going to be those those. Uh, and it's just locations I'll where just you know it's an easy away. access point, and you know what you're in for. You know you're in for battle fishing. Yeah, it's an easy access point. It's a place for people to uh, go have a good chance at catching a steelhead if they don't have a boat. Not everybody has a boat. Um, you know, in recent years, there's just been more and more boats. It's gone from seeing three trailers at a takeout to seeing you know, 20 trailers and just leapfrogging down rivers and all that. So, you know, you're always going to have your combat fishing. And I, I just think everybody needs to be you know, understanding that, hey, every person on that river has the exact same right to the to catching a steelhead yeah. Yeah. as they do, no matter where the heck you're from. And there's you rivers could be from Montana, the, Idaho, yeah. Washington, wherever it is. Yeah. You're all buying a lot. There's no entitlement to there, it. There is. And, but there but there is. Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. So. The dispute I got into, yeah, I want to hear the Montana story. Yeah, so I was waiting. I was coming up. I was with my old. I think I was fishing with my old roommate, Jay Nichols, who wound up becoming a. He wound up like having a whole career in fly fishing magazines and fly fishing publications. <laughs> We're fishing the one of the upper forks of the Bitterroot, and I'm wade fishing, picking my way up river, and I come to a spot where a, a where a guide who's doing who's doing a day float has this little like this this cute little lunch set up on the beach for his sport for his client right down to a checkered tablecloth oh i've seen that yeah shore lunch nice shore lunch for the client yeah but it's almost like it's a little too <laughs> it's a little too much it's yeah. like it just you they, they look at it like, like really 
Really? Yeah. Really? That's what this is what this come to? Yeah. In this world? You can't just sit on a rock and eat something? Have a sandwich? So I used to bust out a uh, chair, tablecloth, <laughs> table every single yeah, time. Yeah, I got buddies that run Dude, guys really? to do the same thing. Every single time. Yeah. They're they're get the barbecue out and make you a burger. That he did that yeah. I would have been like, yeah, that's cool. He's making yeah. him a burger. But it was just like a little cutesy little setup. Sounds you know, like it was a little too cutesy for your well, liking. It's like, are you there to fish or not? You know? Right, right. Like, I get that. I can see, yeah. Sit on a rock, stand around, kick rocks. I don't know, eat sure. something. Whatever. That's fine. I can accept that. But anyhow, it didn't, that, that, didn't, that was just an observation I had that I thought was a little much. It was a little much. A tablecloth. No. A checkered tablecloth. Yeah. Yanni, so you used to yeah, do that. I can see why I would. I can see why Why did you do that? Did you like it? I, I guess because you're just you're just trying to uh, impress a little bit, you know. You're out there working, and I don't know. I guess in the case if it was a slow day, right? You're you like, good, well, at least the lunch will be nice. You want good rapport Comfy. with your clients. What was the tablecloth sure. you used? Was it checkered? Yeah. Wow. It was green and white. I think I still have it somewhere tucked away. And I ran it for years. And what same was your, tablecloth. <laughs> what was the spread you? Sometimes made? I'd wash that thing every day. In the washing machine. Yeah. At a long with, along with my no, just along with my clothes at my house. But uh yeah. I liked it. I like nothing worse than bust out a tablecloth that already had ketchup mustard stains <laughs> on it, you know. So what would be so when you're guiding you're guiding for an outfit, but it's up to you to do all that stuff. Yeah, I think they, they had like a base level that they wanted you to follow. You had to have a table and two chairs for sure, at the very minimum. And I think they asked that we had a tablecloth. So you'd pull over. Mm-hmm. Set you knew your lunch spots. A little roll top table, yeah. I'm assuming. Hopefully under a shade tree. And you put a tablecloth down, and you'd set what out for them? Depending on the on the year and who was do, doing the lunch catering, but it was most of the time some sort of sandwich and, you know, some sides, cookies and soda pop, water. Yeah. Pretty simple. Nice macaroni salad maybe in yeah. there for your with your sandwich. Yeah. No matter how cute they were. Sounds kind of good. Man, woman didn't matter. <laughs> didn't matter. Just, just gonna do you it. You know, as I got, as I got, uh, I guess more experience, and I had the clients that I took year after year. If they weren't into it and they wanted an extra thirty minutes of fishing, because that would buy them, uh, we would just pull over underneath the shade tree on and sit in the boat and you know, wolf it down. I'd be that rolling. guy. Like, so you would have clients who would say. Yeah, don't who need, would say like, "Yeah, hey, it's a little much, Yanni. yeah." Let's skip it's a that. little much. I'd be that guy. Let's, skip that. let's just keep fishing, really. But the, but <laughs> the, the, the but clients I, like, really, really. I've said this. I've said this before that I had a lot of clients who uh, used me a lot because their wives liked fishing me, and they were guys that were like, "Well, I get to fish more since my wife is into this. I'm going to use this guide because he's like his trucks tight, you know, lunch is tight." Attractive young man. He's got it like a, doesn't have a potty mouth out there. You know, right. my wife's not always going like, geez, can't believe old Bill's talking about that again in the boat. Yeah. yeah. So I can picture you being like the guy that a dude would get because you're going to be nice to his wife. And then you'd roll that little tablecloth out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what happened was, so there I was. Picking my way up river. Oh, you guys having a little dip? Oh, no, no, I quit. <laughs> um, I was hoping to grab it without you looking. I'll, I'll, get, back to to my, just, I'll get back to my dispute nope. real quick, which I might have talked about in the past, but like, can we talk about this a little bit? Uh, Tony, you've been trying to quit chewing tobacco, but then here you are. You run into Tommy, who's died in the wool uh, dip. 
man. I'm a dipper, man. I love it. Yeah, I quit. You love it. I really like chew and tobacco. You, and you started dipping now I really do. from not, exposure to him. No, no, I, I can't blame it on him. I, Thank you for not blaming it on I, me. Had you told me, I ah, just quit, I'd be like, no, you may not have a chew, I had Tony. quit since February 12th. And on the way out here, I, I knew it was going to be a long drive, and I knew I was going fishing. And that's one of those things you just... With other dippers. Do you guys call well, yourselves not, dippers? Oh, it's a, no. that's a spoofy kind of joke, maybe. <laughs> no, I mean, not in particular. I just, it's, you associate it with certain things, right? Yeah, but yeah. I was like, awesome I'm going to be in the car a long time. A minute. What do you be. guys refer yourself? What, what is one who likes to, like a smoker is a I'm smoker. A Everybody knows that. I'm a chewer. chewer. Yeah, I'd be like chewer. So you self-identify as a chewer. I self-identify as I don't a chewer. Know if I self- so I if try says, to tell me about yourself, you'd be like, wow, I'm a chewer. I know. Might that's not be the first thing I throw out there, but yeah. No. Okay, so go ahead, Tony. So here you are. You know you're on a long drive, and there's going to be chewers so around. So I pick up Yanni, and I go to the uh, gas station, fill up, and I walked inside to grab some snacks. And I there's was like, a big wall. There's a big wall there, man. I've heard and about it, that wall. And it was it called my name. Yeah, I've heard about that, I had a, a, a lapse in self-control, and I purchased a, my first can of chew since... February 12th. Our man, Dirt Myth, uh, we were down in South America, and he was trying to quit, and he gets home, and I asked him how it went, and he said the same thing. You fill up your gas tank, you can't buy gas. There it is. And you walk into the gas station. I would suggest he just pays with a debit card and buys his groceries elsewhere because the minute he says, I can't go into a gas station because when I go up to the counter... There I am faced with it, and it talks see, to me. The, the, see, the, like the, the pull rod. is stronger it's than definitely that. A because thing. like you yeah. said, who goes inside to pay for gas anymore? Well, I was getting like, snacks. I haven't well. been inside of a gas station. For, yes. Yeah, okay, so if you do. It's a long but drive. I'm saying, for most no. people, you're probably in there pumping gas, and you're like, I know what's about 20 feet away from yeah. that big wall. Just <laughs> through one door. One yep. door. That's I yeah. through. Yeah. It's not, yeah, like. The fact that dippers need to go in there to buy snacks, it's like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I go in, then it's I like, can Actually, all it. you're buying is a container to drink real fast. You can spit. Yeah, that's that. right. Because yeah. that's like, very You know what? You're 100% right. I used to be a dipper. Too. That's why oh, I bought that, I that, that. Green, that green thing. I bought it, and I'm like, oh. Nice wide mouth. Yeah. Pound this thing like, in about four let's seconds. Say a fella was gonna have some yeah. chew. Yeah. <laughs> this would be a great yeah. I mean, not that I'm gonna, but if I, but if I did yeah. have some chew, this wide mouth over the counter, and there it was bottles. talking, yeah. and it's saying, saying Tony. Tony. Um, yeah. that's a good point because it's like guys, chewers that are trying to quit going to the gas station. The way that people, the way that single people say, "I'm going to the bar." You're not actually like you're going to the bar. Yes, but that's not what you're really looking to get out of this. Yeah. There's this right. other thing you're chasing, but you, 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 you know, so when you a go burn. in to get a snack at the gas station, so there I am walking up this uh, fork of the bitter. Yeah. <laughs> and I stumble across this guy. He's got this very romantic little setting going on and I f- make the mistake in his eyes of fishing the hole that he's camped, that he's having his lunch at. The lunch hole. But he's not fishing it. The dude comes undone. Undone. The guide or the client? The guide. The guide. In front of the client that he's trying to woo with this little setup. With a tablecloth. Yeah. And like I come through and take a couple pokes through there. I'm just fishing trout. It's not like anybody's like making a 
living out here selling this meat or something. Sure. So fish and trout and come through, take a couple of pokes. The guy comes undone. We later had a reckoning in Charlie's Bar in Missoula, Montana. Uh, not, at the, not at the takeout? Oh, you weren't floating. No, we had a fight. And then it, and then, and then it was funny because later we wound up kind of drinking in the same place and I would see him I'd be like there's that you know (laughs) and we later had a reckoning and he he had been in uh if I remember correctly I feel that he admitted his wrongness Hmm. and I might have admitted a little bit of my wrongness for responding in such a strong way to his criticism but I feel I still today feel like if you're if you're eating lunch and not fishing that you do not have a legitimate claim on the whole, how do you feel about that, Giannis? What's the guide's perspective? It's going to depend a lot, of, probably, on how much pressure is on the river. You know, I mean, if it's like a river where you've been waiting for two hours, you hadn't seen a person, and then you got just you know unlimited water past their boat. That's kind of that's kind of like this. It's spot. like <laughs> that you, sounds like the spot. You might as well just <laughs> skip it and kind of move on. You yeah, know, as much for your own personal experience. As, that's a as, lot like this. Theirs. That's a lot like this spot actually. But, I agree with Giannis on this one. <laughs> really? Yeah, I so do. I, I was in the wrong. I, I think would. you were too. I'll, I'll always. You think I was in the wrong? It, it was that kind of a spot. But I'm saying if it, it was, was if it was like a busy river, no, then no one around. No one around. Yeah, I'd probably skip that one, Steve. I That's think just me. if you're in a boat and you're floating down, and you're like, okay, we're going to pull key, over though. here, we're going to have lunch, and then we're going to fish this hole. Yeah. And if it's a trout stream, you know, you're kind of just letting it rest. Maybe a boat went through, you're letting it rest. If you're going to have lunch there, like you're kind of claiming that run for a period of time. I, I, think, it, I think at minimum, it would have been worth a, hey, you mind if I fish this run? That's the thing. You just got to, hey, can I? It's like when you ro- get when you walk up to where you want to mm-hmm. fish and there's a guy in there. Do you mind if I step in? Really? Just then you're good. Communication, man. I need Problem solved. What do you think about that, Jimmy? <sighs> oh, geez. I don't know. You ever been a guide? <sighs> never. No. You guys have all guided? No, I'm definitely not. You never guided, Tommy? No, sir. I probably would have just asked. Or yeah. there's lots of holes. I wouldn't want some. I wouldn't want an audience. I'd just keep moving. But that's just me. But it didn't contest him causing a scene at the same time. If he was, yeah, no, he was really making that me doesn't... reconsider because it like obviously scarred me because I bring it up all the time. Yeah, sounds like it. This is something from way ago. I, I haven't mean, even met my wife yet. That's how long ago this was. Really? Yeah. Did you know Rocket Money can cancel a subscription for you? They'll even alert you when there's been an increase in a subscription price and negotiate rates for you. I can see my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. You wouldn't believe how many people are paying for subscriptions they don't use. This happened to me. It's annoying. This helps you find it out and get rid of it. Well, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Applying for tags each year in the West can be daunting. 
Y- yeah. I apply for everything everywhere. It's dawning. You have to go to a variety of sources to formulate your best guess as to where to apply. Well, this is a thing of the past now. Onyx just launched hunt research tools to simplify the process for all hunters. This tool helps organize the data that matters, makes comparing hunt options easy, and helps hunters develop a plan based on real metrics rather than gut feelings. Onyx Hunt also offers all elite members a free digital membership to Hunt and Fool, who I use, for boots on the ground insight and knowledge, and a membership to Hunt Reminder so you never miss another deadline. Stop stressing over application season and apply with confidence in 2024. Check out OnX Hunt Research Tools, free for all OnX Hunt Elite members. Not an elite member? Well, let's fix that. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt. This is an app I use literally every day. I use it for every aspect of hunting, scouting, trapping, you name it. Hey, I'm excited to share our newest sponsor here on the Meat Eater Podcast, which is Poncho Outdoors. The reason I'm excited is I buy their shirts anyways. I don't, I don't I, listen, man, I, I rarely go into stores to buy clothes. I like to, I just buy myself online and I love their shirts. Max that I work with, Max Bard, who comes on the podcast one day, I don't know if he sent me a link to this place. I went on and bought some shirts. Dude, they make some good shirts. And they even have an option where if you're like a skinny dude, you can click like the skinny dude thing and get like a whole different cut of the shirt. It's great. Based in Austin, Texas, Poncho is committed to crafting the world's best outdoor shirts for men. They got it started out with a lightweight fishing shirt. Now they make all kinds of other lines. Western, denim, flannel, corduroy. Better fitting. Not not all baggy. Better performing because they got modern fabrics with some stretch and breathability. And way comfortable. Poncho is only sold on their own website. So head over to ponchooutdoors.com. Use code MEATEATER for a free hat or t-shirt with any purchase of a shirt. Poncho offers free shipping and returns, so you can try them out risk-free. I mean, there's so there, there's a couple of things. If, if this was also a place where like, you were walking in and then there's a, a boat. That's true. Is that true? I was walking in. And they had a boat? They were in a boat. So here I am, a lowly walker. So that's different, too, because they have the ability to fish this whole stretch of river, and you're like, man, I just hiked a mile and a half for my yeah. rig. Like, this is where I was planning that's to fish. That's definitely a factor. Like, you know, and if that's a well-known place where people do hike into, I would never stop there to have lunch. So it's his fault. As a guide. So it could be, yeah. So you're could not be. completely, could be. very circumstantial. Yeah, are you cool on all this? Etiquette. I'm ready to move on. Tablecloths. You got anything to add on Surf Perch? Because we still need to talk about today, which was lights out the oh, one man. of the top days of yeah. fishing I've ever experienced in my entire life. Yeah, me too. Like the most gorgeous Hammered. day I've ever had on the Washington coast. I would, it is concluding like, thought on Surf Perch. I, I would you, do. I would do. It, I, would, I would do it again. You know, in I, the winter, I, I had so much fun. Anytime, I'd go back out there right now if we had the time and go make take a few pokes. Let me tell you why it's better in the winter, in my opinion. And this, this is why it's this is why clam digging is nice because it's a winter spring thing. Is when you're out there in the winter, there's it's like you're out there and you're so happy that there's something going on because it's a time of year when nothing's going on. That's exactly right. Like February, oh. if you're a hunting and fishing kind of fella, February 
can be, you know, the dog days. There's nothing much. Yeah, going it's on. like you might not yeah. be like kicking tons of ass in February. Fly tying season, and so then you go out there, and it's like wow, like a productive yep. fishery. Yep. In the exactly. winter, but to be there in the summer, yeah. it's still fun. But you're you're sort of like, and oh, well, I could be, I could be. We could also go. Yeah, sure. It's got a different kind of joy in the winter time too, because like you said, it's this desolate, hostile place, and here's you get this like bright spot of this fresh fish that you're like, oh man, yes. Yeah. It's like it's it's a it's it's a little bit of a buzz. Yeah. If you like having the place all to yourself, that's a good yeah. thing. To do that's the best time to do. You are out there yeah, there in the winter, man. There's no one around. You got it all there. yourself. People look at you funny. And the fishing can be great. Yeah, in the winter, dudes should be doing it. Hmm. And those bigger ones tug a little bit. Yeah, yeah they, they do. got some tug. They do. All right, now are you cool on that? Because I want to get into the world's greatest day of fishing. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Lights out. Go along with that. So lambed them. Something I never do. No, yeah, I shouldn't say that. I I rarely do, but almost want to do more of because of how much you learn, which is go out with a go out on a charter, go out with a guide. And I'm kind of down on it because it's never like not down on it, but it's never as much fun as because you're not solving the problems yourself, right? And so a lot of what I like about hunting and fishing is solving is the problem solving and thinking that goes into it, yeah, and like the teamwork, right? And when you're out with a guide, it's kind of like. You're not catching the fish. If anything, you're just like hindering the operation. Like, no, that they would catch, you know, that everything you're doing, they would do better. And they're the brain behind it. And you're just standing there, you know, with your, you know, in your hand, uh, while this person's plotting and figuring and they've gotten the bait together. They put the plan together. They know what to do. And you're like standing, oh, do 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 do. And all of a sudden, he's like, all right, yeah. drop them down. Right. Tell me when. Yeah, and you've done nothing. Nothing. Yeah, you haven't even tied your own stuff on. So when people are kind of like, oh, I caught a blankety-blank, you know, I caught a X-pound blankety-blank with a guide. I'm like, yeah, yeah. the guide caught it. Right. I mean, like, he'd let you reel it in and everything, yeah. but it wasn't like your fish. Yeah, in the world of salmon, a steelhead and the oarsman, ca- in, a, in a drift boat, the oarsman usually takes, in my opinion, takes credit for most of the fish. In he's a drift the boat. The fish. He's the guy that's putting you on the fish. All he's telling you to do is cast over there. The oarsman is a guy exerting the skill. You know, I mean, the you to your thing, fish. though, with, with uh, hiring a guide, what it does do, the positives of it, is it if you don't have, like, if it's not readily accessible, it's great for shortening a learning curve. Oh, that's what oh, I do. And in this case, yeah, and in this case, uh, what's, what's the name of that operation? All, all, rivers, all, rivers, all rivers. All rivers and, and saltwater, saltwater charters. charters. Yeah. All rivers and saltwater charters. Yeah. The dudes were solid. They were Great. dialed in. Nick Great. and uh, Ian. 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 Nick Captain and Ian. Ian, yeah. Ian was a skipper. Nick That's was the only thing that made it a good day. We didn't even got into what we did yet. But the only thing that made it a good day is that those guys wound up being like dudes I would fish with anyway. Yeah. yeah. And treated us like dudes. Like they were good enough actors or they just genuinely yeah. felt this way. We're like. The the interaction was was like everyone on equal footing. Equals, right? yeah. You know, they're like we clearly like to fit, catch fish. They clearly still like to catch fish. I say still because I imagine someday it goes away when you guide too long. Well, I asked Ian on the way back in. I was like, "What do you do in your spare time?" Because I know when you guide a lot, a lot of times you don't fish that much in your spare time. And he's like, "I go fishing." 
So he's you can tell those guys into it. He's, he's yeah. passionate. Yeah, it's yeah, way beyond sure. job. Like they like to fish. They like yeah. to talk about fish. They like to catch fish. Um, we showed up dressed for the part too. We didn't look like, you know, we just got off a plane. Yeah, so they're probably like, okay, we're not gonna be like getting hooks out of people's hands all day long. Right. And man, was that fun. Oh, it was so fun. My arm's tired. And it was so fun. You need a vessel because we we went out, we were fishing 20 miles out. Yeah. 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 But it was so smooth. If you snapped your fingers and could freeze it solid, you could have ice skated on it. Yeah. It was much it was smoother. So smooth. much smoother than a baby's bottom. Oh, it was so. <laughs> yeah. My kid, uh, my youngest kid. You yeah, got him a pair of those swim shorts that have the built-in underwear. Oh yeah, and somehow like mm-hmm. it must not like it must irritate him a little bit or something when he's like wet with that mesh on him because now he runs around making everyone. He pulls his pants down, makes everyone itch his butt. Really? <laughs> yeah. So he'll lay on my lap. He'll lay on my lap. And I just got like itches butt cheeks, and he kind of just like gets all dreamy looking and wants to fall asleep. Really? It's like it's scratching like a, a cat's like belly. A dog. Dude, I love this. Uh, he his butt cheeks scratched. What, man. What's wrong with his own fingers? Because <laughs> he likes to luxuriate, man. He wants you to get in a nice spot where he can lay down with his butt in your face, you know, and you start like scratching his butt cheeks a little bit. It's like you're scratching a dog on the yeah. butt. And he just like did like passes out. He's <laughs> yeah, and then you quit, and he kind of like jolts awake. <laughs> so much smoother than the baby's bottom. And I'm saying that with where, with where I have knowledge of what that feels like. Um, and in a lot of places like Lincod. So if if you go to people in the know on Pacific saltwater fish. Lincoln have your reputation as being one of the one of the greats. Oh, sure, upper echelon bottom fish for yeah. sure. Like one of the, the of oh for sure, table, yeah, for sure. Food table quality, fair, table fair man. They're like top few. Yeah, they're great. They're delicious. Yeah, people that know are like sure. You know, a lot of people like halibut because halibut is very approachable. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like reliable. It's white, dense, flaky, mild. You can do anything with it. But like Lincod is kind of a better version. Yeah. Definitely. Kind of a better version. Oiler. Think it's like true cod, but more oil. Oiler. Yeah. Know? It's like yeah, they're delicious. They're, whether you want to put them on a grill, whether you want to beer batter them up and fry them, make they, tacos, anything you want. The answer is yes. They're delicious. They don't hold together on a grill as, as well as Lincod, halibut does. I don't yeah, think. Probably not. But, but they're still they're still bachelor But yeah. they're definitely yeah. worthy of it. But the grill. they're yeah. 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 They're great. They're good. I love them. They reg them out. Like, the regs vary so much. So, in Southeast Alaska, you know, there's, you know, people have bottom end limits, like everything, right? It's got to be, like, over X inches. In some places, they have a slot, like, out in the San Juan Islands where my buddy Pooter lives. The slot is 26 to 36 inches. So Those are the ones you can keep. You're allowed to keep. It has to be a minimum of yeah. 26, but it has to be under 36. You know if there's a different term when it's the opposite? Because in North Carolina, for redfish, you can keep them up to 17 and then over 27. Man, I'm sure there's a term for it, but I don't know it. It's like a reverse slot. It, I'd like to it's know It's kind of like though. the regs on like if, if a guy wanted to keep a largemouth bass in a lake. Could, I think it's still referred to as a slot limit. No, a slot is only when there's a when there's a bottom and top cap okay 
Okay. Like you got to fall on the slot. So when we were out, I caught, uh, last year I went out and caught one because you're allowed one a day. Up there, you're allowed two a day here, no slot limit. But up there, north of here, you're allowed one a day. So last year I went out, caught one, it hit the slot. This year I go out, caught one, it hit the slot. And I dubbed myself the slot tickler. <laughs> so my wife thought it was a repugnant term. No but, um, big but I just thought it was like I like can tickle them right in the slot. On the slot size on that, right? Just speaking just Lincod. Right. But here you're, you're allowed dropping them in the two, slot. Yeah, you're allowed two per person in this zone, two per Correct. person, no size limit. And we motor out and first stop. I think stop like what seventeen miles out? I think he said twelve to catch. 12 uh, for the bait. flounder to get some bait to fish bait yeah or sand dabs we got little rigs with a like eight ounce lead ball and there's a couple look like oversized crappie jigs yeah with a little bit of squid squid tentacle and dropped down and caught bait and we caught 20 flounder that were not 20 flounder the size size of your hand sure and there's a handful of species down there yeah little flatfish yeah I was I I had a, that's when the good time started, man. I was having fun doing that. Oh man, my kid could stay there all day fishing yeah. for bait. So fished up a bunch of bait, and we we'll, we'll put twenty of them in a live well. Yep, and then motored out a ways more. And like normally when you're fishing link cod, you're fishing. They like the tops of stuff. So like the tops of very sharp ridge lines, the tops of underwater spires, the tops of underwater peaks. They're like the tops of stuff and rockfish tend to like the sides of stuff. But out here, he said there's so little structure that any little feature will hold fish. Hmm. And we were on, uh, he, he was saying just like uh, any discrepancy in the bottom, or it could just simply be that like we were fishing on a feature that was only a couple feet higher than the surrounding stuff. Yeah. But it was like a, like it was like an area that was a harder bottom and it was a little bit of a rise up, like maybe some old rock down there, but still pretty smooth. But he said any feature will gang them up. Yeah. That's what he said. It, it totally blows me away that you can have this like so uniform bottom and there's one little hummock or hill in it and that's all it takes. And they must have been piled up. They must have been. Because we made what? How many passes did we make? Three. Three? Three passes over it. We never made and a pass we without getting a fish at, at yeah. least one or two. So we had six dudes, five grown ups, yeah. my older boy. And so we're allowed to put 12 lean cod in the boat. And yeah, there's maybe a few passes. Yeah, four passes. And you rig that flounder like you put a hook through his lip. Yep. Run the other hook around, back by his tail, put it in there, drop it down, and boom, 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 boom. Yep. That's kind of what fun, it sounds man. like. It's if you fun. could hear it. No, if you could hear it, I think it would sound like, it would sound like, um, nah! <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah they, what, what exactly is they, making that sound? Yeah. Grab it, it's man. It's him they, mouthing it. it. I think they suck it in. Because and then in they other places, Lincod just, right? The only word I could think for it, I don't even want to say the word I could think for how a lingcod normally hits. I was going to say B slap it. Like they B slap that bait. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. But here it. they mouth it. Kind of pick it up. They mouth yeah. it. Then all of a sudden, <clears throat> he's just going. 
I'd like to see it and all. Toads. Yeah. Big toads. Yeah, big toads. Dragons. Yeah. Dragons. Smile the dragon. <laughs> like you could take <laughs> both big. your fists. You could take both your fists together. How big was the biggest one we had? I would 15, say 16 pounds? More I'd say than it was less more than, than I would say just less than 20. 18, 19, 20 at the top. You could take both your fists, knuckle to knuckle. They're nice, though. And, and, and stick it in his mouth without touching the teeth. Yeah. And my God, do they got that. When he's fully flared out yeah. like that. We yeah. should talk about teeth. I think that's why people call them dragons. Yeah. Is because the mouth, he could, you could, like, you know when you fold your socks, right? How you could, like, take your, mo- your sock and, like, jam it, reverse it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you open that mouth up. It's like you could put the fish back through the mouth. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. Like you, could, you could. You could, like, yeah. they're a wild. You could, you could fish, cut though. them off at the gills and then turn around and send his car, his corpse, his carcass yeah. back through his mouth, no problem. Yeah. Member of the Sculpin family. Just an amazing fish. And a, and a pectoral fin that doesn't quit. No. A pectoral fin the size of your hand spread yeah. out. Yeah, size of a grown man's hand completely spread out. Snaky. It's yeah. one of those fish that people are like, oh, he's ugly. And I'm like, yeah, but in a beautiful yes, sort of way. In a beautiful kind of way. Yeah, and they get, like the, the females get that big old belly on them. You know, that big old lingcod apple bottom. Kind of just back there by their uh, vent. They just get this big swollen belly, and they're just pretty. When they come out of the water, they're cool looking with their blotchy uniforms kind of colors on them and they're, they're really think they're like, really cool i think they're the, super cool yeah i, I think those, those predatory predator like, ambush yeah. predator fish are really cool i mean they, they fishing yeah. them off the jetties and stuff back in, in the sound yeah i mean they just they hide in the rocks yeah and you you just work a swim shed down over the rocks and and they just hang there man they wait for bait to just come and they're just whoop. yeah that's, that's what that's what surprised me. You guys talking about it? Where I always associate them with hundred plus feet of water. Yeah, I, I didn't know. know they'll come up shallow. Yeah, 20, dude, I've caught feet. them. I've caught them in less than ten. Yeah. I've caught them right out here, not far from here, in less than ten. Yeah, on the opener in the sound, we just fished the jetties. Yeah. yeah, it's like twenty feet. Just you, you hit the rocks and just work it down the rocks. And you're laying of in the there. jetty. Yeah. yeah, I'll be standing on the jetty fishing like the foot of the jetty. Basically, oh, it's a formidable looking fish, man. Yeah. With the yeah. freaking fangs in there. There's two. Now there's some footage that you can cool. find online where there's a there's a couple spires in southeast Alaska where they've closed it as a study area. It's called like Spires Marine Park. It's something or another. Just a very small area, but these these like these sea mounts. They call them sea mounts. There's like mm-hmm. a couple small sea mounts that they've closed the fishing just for research purposes. And there's some submersible footage that came from a submersible that went down to one of these spires to film. What's going on down there? And there's lingcod down there, giants, laying, touching side by side. So like laying on the rock where they're actually making body contact with each other, just like spooning. And there's lingcod that are laying stacked sideways. On them. On each other. Kind of crisscrossing each other, you mean? like No, just everywhere, laying all over. Wow. Land that's like stacked into the good little spots. Wow, it's just, just not like what you, us. It's just not what you picture when you picture what's going on down there at the bottom of the ocean. Everybody wants the best fishing spot. Yeah, 
Just, yeah, they're crowded in like steelhead fishermen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Into the zone, man. It's like whatever the yeah. current brings stuff by and they just want to be in the spot. Yeah. And so pretty quickly we had bam, 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 bam. Yeah, we had 12. Yeah. And those fish pretty are like fast. 10 years old. Pretty fast. Some of them. I don't know. Eight I don't know years, how fast years old. grow. I don't know much about that. Rockfish grow really super slow. Yeah, they, they are those yeah, are the slow ones. super slow growers. I know that. And the way they regulate here, too. So, like I said, it's like north of here, you go out and you fish Lane County, you're allowed one a day. It's a six-week season. You're allowed one a day, and he's got to be between 26 and 36 inches. Here, you're allowed two a day, but what they do is they open certain depths. So, like, early seasonal open, you got to be a – you can't fish any deeper than, what, 120? Something like that. And then you get to a certain date, and they'll stagger it out and let you go down and fish to, like – I don't know what it, I don't know what it is right now, but they'll let you go to the next depth out and fish to like an unlimited depth or like another another chunk of depth in order to spread out people's pressure angler pressure as you go out. But man, just like judging by like the very anecdotal stuff of what happened today, it does not seem like it seems like a pretty well managed fishery. Yeah. yeah, it could be like that because then the minute we get done going after lingcod, we go to get rockfish. And that was unbelievable. Yeah. That stuff's like that. Some of the best I've ever seen. That's crazy. And rockfish, I think there's like, in the Pacific, I think there's 32 different species of rockfish running around. Upper 20s, just even in Alaska waters. And they regulate them up there where you have like pelagic and non-pelagic rockfish. So some rockfish are bottom dwellers that associate with a certain feature and don't move around a whole ton. And then you have your pelagic rockfish, which roam around in these big schools. And we're getting on the pelagic rockfish where we're in 200 feet of water, but the school is suspended 50 feet below the boat. From 50 to 70 feet below. Yeah. And holy shit. Oh, Never seen was, anything like that. No, that was it insane. It was a nanny. Well, Two at a time. especially compared to the ones that we're catching up at your place usually. The yellow eyes are big. But the average quillback and two pounds, whatever else we catch, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but like a big dusky. Yeah. No, you're right. A quillback's not nowhere near two. Your average yeah, quillback, half a pound. Yeah. But then a yellow eye will be some bruisers. Yeah. Thir- you know, fourteen would be big. I mean, not big, but like a normal day out. If you got one of those thirteen, fourteen pounds, that's a big one. Yeah. You'll hear of them, and I think there used to be a lot more of them. It would be, you know, 30 pounds, 35 pounds. You hear that. But, like, typically, if you get a 14er, it's like, wow, look at that son bitch. Right? These today were, what, on average? The rockfish? Yeah. Oh, boy. Three to five? I would say three to five is fair. Yeah. Gray yeah. and yellowtail. Yeah. Black black rockfish and yellowtail rockfish. And beauties. Beauties. Though some of those yellowtail rockfish had shoulders on them, man. They were nice. Yeah, they're shaped. If you want to picture it, man, they're shaped like a, um, you imagine like the body shape is like a souped up, beefy linebacker smallmouth. Yeah. Yeah. Smallmouth bass. Yeah. Not as like, uh, like wide as, say, as a largemouth, like wide if you're looking down at them from at the top of their back they're not as wide as a largemouth but they're built you know profile wise a lot like that but built they're for fighting yeah man they're and beautiful it, they're cool too man and you they're just drop too. yeah you drop it down through the school and you got two hooks on 
and you drop it down through to school, and as soon as you put the brakes on it, then most of the time you're pulling up doubles. Yep. We had more yeah. doubles today. I was shocked how many doubles we had. I mean, quick. Like, you drop it down through that school, you get a bite, and it's wham. And I think you get that first one, and as you're reeling it up, that little fly's dangling or his whatever it is. And it comes in around while his buddy's going nuts, and that fly's up there dancing around, and the other one's like, oh, what's that? Yeah. Like, Don't mind if I do. I mean, we boated 40-plus rockfish in, in under that many minutes, probably. Yeah, it was definitely, yeah, I would say. Yeah, oh, for sure. And then there you have it where you got 100-plus pounds of, you got, yeah. 100 plus pounds of rockfish laying there. Yeah. Seven rockfish per person. It's a good limit. Two lingcod. Man. Yeah, that was probably. It's like. What was that? A 100 quart uh, cooler? Yeah. Right? That he had back there? Yeah. Well, Over. Bigger than that. It was. It was yeah. It was bigger than that. Was it? About 100. Yeah, it was a little bigger than that, I think, wasn't it? Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, so we had 12 lingcod and, and a hold on ice, and then we had that giant yeah. cooler. Completely full of rockfish. You, you ever see Cheech and Chong's The Next Movie? Yeah. Yep. Where it's all about how they got that big duffel bag of weed. The Roman Russell Army duffel bag full of weed. And someone asked him what he's going to do with it all, and he says he's going to smoke some, sell some, and party, yeah. party with some. It's like that much fish, man. Yeah. Yeah. Smoke some. Yeah. Not gonna sell. Not gonna sell. It. Smoke some, eat bartering. some. Smoke some, eat some, and party with some. Yeah, I'm gonna give some out to my neighbors. Yeah, my I got neighbors a couple neighbors that I hook up. Yeah, I don't give them like crazy stuff that's hard to deal with. But like, I, if I go to my neighbors and uh, bring them like a like a lingcod fillet, probably not the whole thing, yeah. but like enough for their family to have a feed off of. That score is big. Sure, I get it all ready. Yeah, that was, like, that was a big thing with my old man. It was like you know giving away fish and game. Like he'd always be like really careful to give it away. He'd we'd have to bring it to neighbors around when I was growing up, you know, and to give it away in, in like table ready form. Yeah, like ready to cook. Yeah, you yeah. don't like go over and like dump a meat You're game right. bag full of hairy. Gill him a fish. <laughs> <laughs> hairy hind. Some hairy roast. boned out mess yeah. in, a, in a bloody meat bag. You know, you get it all nice, man. And like yeah. it's like. To go to your neighbor with a, a hunk of fish or a deer steak or whatever and be like, this is ready to prepare. Yeah. And what you want to do is do this and this. That's a way to get neighbors on your side. I've actually see, That's good seasoned point. a fillet of fish before and then for a neighbor that just, you know, is not accustomed to cooking fish. So throw this on the grill for this many minutes or whatever. It's just easy for them. I get some elderly neighbors, neighbors that are, uh, and working on some hunting permissions with them. Oh, and there I, you go. Uh, there you I go. shelled some shrimp last time during shrimping season. They'll definitely be getting Rotten some shelled shrimp. Shelled shrimp. Heads off, shelled. Put these in the pan, saute them. They'll be getting some lingcod, maybe seasoned. I love it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> I do. Slow rolling it. <laughs> it was just yeah. nuts. It's it was nice. almost surreal. It's nice to give stuff away, man. I always like call it like, I love it. like venison diplomacy, man. Exactly because you can just is. picture like my neighbors don't hunt or you know yeah barely fish. If you picture someone like brings up like yeah I'm damn hunters right, they probably gonna be like yeah I, don't know. I live one next next one he's all right brings me all kinds That's of stuff right. me. yeah it's like the dudes at work they're like oh Tommy Edson yeah he's the one that's always bringing in that pepperoni he make yeah he's got some good pepperoni makes good pepperoni yeah like, yeah it's good. 
My I neighbor. like that. I know a guy that like, hunts. Yeah, he hunts. Yeah, he always hunts that pepper, stuff. Always, always bringing me pepperoni he's sticks. Always handing out pepperoni <laughs> sticks at work. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. I, I, it's a good image. My, I'm mad my at it. block I used to live on, neighbors loved this time of year because I had a boat and I would, every time I'd go out, I'd drop four crab pots. I'd go out and I'd fish for coho and chinook and come back with salmon fillets and then, you know, you can only eat so many as good as Dungeness crab is, you can only eat so much of it. I'd shell it for them, bring them a little baggie of Dungeness. All they got oh, to do man, is whip up some sauce. Extra mile, yeah, holy potatoes! Oh man, crack it up. Who cares? I got to do it for my family anyway. Crack it up, give it to my in-laws. Just sit there and just go to work, man. Are you Hand one of those bag. dudes? I got to ask you something. Are you one of those dudes that Uh-oh. shells your crab up? And then no, eats no, it, no, or do no. you eat it as you? I shell eat it as I shell okay. it. No, we pick. We crab. can maintain our friendship. But my 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 in laws, they pay. Mine do that too. Like the thirty nine dollars a pound for shelled crab. Yeah, yeah. So when I get a bunch of it, what do you mean they go to a store? They go it? down to Pike Place Market and buy the shelled <laughs> oh. Dungeness crab for forty bucks a pound or whatever it is. It's ridiculous. So when I get a bunch of crab, I cooked shut, whole I sit Dungeness there for, crab. You say is what you're saying. Cooked whole, okay. cracked yeah, yeah, out yeah, of the yeah. you know meat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Do, they, do they do do they do a good job of picking it, or you still get little chunks? What do you mean? When you buy picked crab meat, no, is it, you clean. still it's pretty clean. clean, but you still there's some frag in there. Yeah. You get some frag every once in a while. You do get some frag. Yeah, my kids when they're eating crab cakes and they find chunks of shell, they always like to point it out to me. You'll get it, yeah. Yeah, it's like getting an it's like getting an eggshell in an omelet. You don't get any fragging. No chef my... never heard about it. You pick a clean. No they got to hear about it every time. <laughs> I uh, I I like to. I, I don't mind picking a little bit of it and freezing little vacuum sealed bags of. Uh, no, I get that vacuum sealed bags of pit crap. What I did yeah. last year, what someone turned me on to, was and I did an experiment. They said to pick your crab, put it in a jar, and pour milk over. It. I don't know. Lord knows why. Pour milk over it and freeze it. So freeze it in a mason jar in milk so i froze some of that stuff for a year just to see okay and recently uh thawed it out drained it made some crab cakes it was almost as good as if you had yeah really worked That's very well worked very well i, I made it I've for heard visiting this. visiting out-of-town relatives i've heard the same thing about guys freezing spot prawn tails it's hard. I don't like freezing. Yeah, I eat they those. freeze them. They freeze them. They freeze them in milk, like you're saying. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to try it because the key to freezing those things is is to wash them very thoroughly because any of that little rust colored gut liquid, yeah, that when you pull his tail off, that stuff. I don't think they freeze that well, but I I would be interested in trying another strategy. When I get a bunch of those in the freezer, I go through them quick. Yeah, they're delicious. Go through them quick. Yeah. Now, this fish, what I'll do is I'll, I used to like, I used to be down on vac seals. I used to be down on vacuum bags. And I don't know if it's from using a lot of like low quality vacuum bags, but I'd be down on vacuum bags because I found that so often I would vac seal something and then a month later look and it wasn't vac sealed anymore. Right. And I used to think that the bags were bad, the seals gave out. And what I now realize is that I was treating them too rough, digging around in the freezer and abrading the bags. Or I would be up in my fish shack and we would vac seal fish 
and then I just throw it all into a cooler, right? And let it jostle around and check it on an airplane and bring it home. And then be like, oh, the vacuum bag, they lost their seal. Because what you're doing is like banging it around and it makes holes and stuff. And once I realized that, um, once I realized that you can eliminate that with careful handling or to put, when you're packing them in a fish box or cooler, put a layer down, put a layer of newsprint or something down, put more in there. I never have problems with it anymore. Now when I vac seal something, I don't know if something like a better quality bag or what, but when I vac seal something out, that thing stays vac sealed. Yeah. Well, there's definitely different levels. We, we've used some, you know, knockoff brands and the Western ones that we're using now seem to be a lot thicker. Thick, wall. A lot thicker. Yeah. And I used to mess around where I had, you know, like, I don't know, man, like little rinky dink, rinky dink bad sealers that didn't pull a seal. Mm-hmm. I've definitely had that happen. Yeah. Like you end up with an old whatever brand that's been sitting in somebody's cupboard that you borrow. It happened to me for a while, and I tried to get through a deer one year by doing it because it was just, and it just didn't work out, man. Yeah, I love the one. I mean, the one I got now, it's like I keep it on a high shelf. So it's like a, they call it the chamber 20, rack. Yeah. Well, it's, no, I got a chamber seat. I got like a Weston chamber seat, which I love at my fish shack, but I just have like the, the, the 2300 model, which is heavy, right? Like I keep it on a high shelf and it's like, you're getting it down, but it's this big, heavy thing. But I'm telling you what, man, you pull a seal yeah. on that thing. It cranks. Good. I love them now. So what I'm getting at now is I'm going to take these fish home and I'll pat them dry. Like I'll, I'll rinse it, give it a light rinse. I'll actually pat that thing dry and get those things all ready and uh, put them in those serving size things, zap them in the sealer, lay them in the freezer, and it just looks beautiful when you get them all lined up. And oh, yeah. yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. love it. I don't freeze fish in water. I used to freeze fish in water. I don't freeze them in water now. You got to dry them, though. Pat them dry. You got to dry them. You know, pat them dry and freeze them. And I find that you can get away with freezing them longer. Uh, freeze fish long with the skin off. Why do you think yeah, that? Why is that? Because I've just discovered over time. I think there's a lot of slime in that skin. Oh, that's good. And so point. when I, I, cause I oftentimes freeze fish skin on, and I found that when you pull, if you let a fish go too long in your freezer and you pull it off, and you're like, eh, like I'm always thinking, like, will my wife flag this as skanky? Right. I think like the way salmon doesn't last too. that long in a freezer. No. If 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 you pull it out and it's a little skanky. Like do a Pepsi challenge and take a skinned a skinned salmon fillet, skinned walleye fillet, skinned lingcod fillet, whatever it is, and one one with skin off, one with skin on, vac seal them both, put them in your freezer for five months, pull them out and whiff them. And I'm telling you, man, that skin one, there's yeah. there's a layer of fat and there's some slime. Yeah. And maybe there's like bacteria the holds on it better so. that you're going to pull it out. And that one with the skin is going to be skankier than the one without skin. I can see that. I, I dry the heck out of my skin, though. Like I, if, with Before salmon back, or how, I, yeah, I, I mean, I go through rolls of paper towels if I'm vacuum sealing a bunch of fish with skin. And then I put meat to meat. So you have skin out. Skin out. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. You don't want skin on your flesh. The reason we'll do that with salmon meat to meat, so you have that and seal it. A long time ago, and I, I keep, yeah, I'm, I'm still eating coho from 
last June. Really? That's really? good. My freezer. The reason we'll do sometimes we'll freeze salmon like that, meat to meat, skin out, is because if you don't have time to pull the pin bones, the pin they bones poke can abrade the yeah. vacuum bags if you pull a good suck on it. For sure. Oh, that's the good. pin bones that's will, good too. Will, can poke a hole in your vac yep. bag. And then you think you got a sweet looking salmon in your freezer, and then yeah, a week later it's not because the pin bone ruptured the thing. Yeah. Yeah, for that, that I don't always do that. that. Yeah, any bone can do it. Mm-hmm. Gotta be real careful. But I have a pair of nine dollar Japanese bone pickers, like the world's greatest book ever made. I can't tell you what it's called because I can't read Japanese. My buddy brought me a Japanese fish cleaning book from Japan. There's not a fish on the planet that's not in this book. I'm surprised it's not how to clean a whale shark in this book. Like everything <laughs> is in this book, man. From everything is in this book breakdown of how to do it and i noticed this guy's always using these like special bone picking pliers so i bought these these souped up japanese bone pickers for nine bucks love those things really where i found them on amazon they Sounds just got they're just like a needle nose with just flat no though, and it's not. like a fingernail clipper but not but strong and it's wide so you can pluck two three at a time when you're pulling pin Ooh. Bones. oh wow yeah and I keep that in a special corner of a special drawer. I just use needle nose, but that sounds like it's no. You need these up. Japanese bone pickers. Yeah, I do. Anything else? <laughs> Good stuff. Now, great day, Jimmy. Great you got day. anything to add? You didn't say anything about our fishing trip. You didn't have any fun. Oh my goodness gracious! I'm trying to take care of my arm. It's sore from all that cranking all that cranking. That's that my was one gripe. Awfully fun. That's my one gripe because I know they like to use light tackle because it because the because the sports like it, sure. But I, I wouldn't have. I would have liked to have my own jigging rod, right? Where I like, where there's a better, it was a little bit thicker, right? Just a little heavier, maybe heavier just, just a little bit heavier, maybe just a touch. Certainly, bigger. that's something that big freaking dragons, man. Yeah, you, you know, you're out in significant yeah. amount. You're out 200 yeah. feet of water, and that, that reel is kind of twisting your yeah. hand. I kind of want something I can yeah. really get some purchase on with my with my hand. Yeah, up front, I feel like I'm sneaking my hand up the up the blank itself off the grip on the front yeah, just to try right. to get some torque on that thing and like change up my grip like i just need i need some purchase up my there. main jigging rod the widow maker has <laughs> the, the, widow the, maker the front, grip, the front grip on the widow maker is like holding a beer bottle yeah and man you could horse up some fish with that thing man <laughs> that's because it's wish. got it's got a soft foamy thing and then you got a big handle like a Daiwa, like I got this like a like a Daiwa level one yeah. that you can grab onto that and you can grab that grip, yeah. and when it's time to get it done and get a fish up off, you know, sucking them up off two hundred fifty feet of water, it's just is very comfortable. Yeah. How long yeah. is it? Long. Yeah, I'd like. To, I feel like I'd like to mention the name of the charter guys again because they what, just, were you sleeping yeah. earlier. Oh, again? Oh, yeah, sorry. yeah. No, they were dialed. I like those yeah. guys quite a bit, man. Yeah, yeah. they were just good. It was a great boat, yeah. a great places. It seemed like it might be a little underutilized. I don't know. They're all just, rivers and saltwater and charters. Saltwater charters. Is that all rivers and saltwater all charters. Yeah. And it was Ian and Nick, correct? Yeah, and I yeah. don't know. Like, if those dudes couldn't go, I don't know that I would uh, say, like, don't only go. Right. Because, and it, like, you have to, you kind of think that, that, uh, you like to hope that the company in general fosters that kind oh, of absolutely. Yeah. Like I don't know, maybe it was a fluke that those guys are so cool to hang out with. Yeah. But you like to think that the company in general fosters that kind of relationship. 
because it was like fishing with dudes that you would normally fish with. Exactly. Well, you saw it wasn't some blowhard, you know, yeah. screaming at you because you had some sunscreen on your hand, then touched his rod or something. You we know? had the other boat pull up next to yeah, us. Yeah, and they seemed like they were coming. He was you know talking on the radio with and and uh, yeah, they weren't catching nearly the amount of fish that we were catching. And, no, but they were and, trying to and, do something different. But yeah. they, but they were having a great time. They were having a good saying, time, but they were, they were trying to salmon snob. Yeah. Yeah, they and were. And rock. Yeah. They were doing a combo trip, salmon yeah. and rockfish combo. But they yeah. seemed like a great they crew. They totally looked like they yeah. were having a good time, though. Yeah. So I think regardless, it's just a good operation. Yeah, if I was going to tell someone in this zone, like if I was going to tell someone within a day's drive or whatever, if they want to do like a meat run. Yeah. Westport has like treated us well. a very good meat run. Yeah. Yeah. I would be Definitely like, I would go out it. and say like, I would go out, hope for the right weather, and go out and do the the lingcod rockfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. heck yeah. yeah. Far as far as having like a you know a year's worth of fish tacos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. got it's that like, covered. <laughs> like you can catch salmon and steelhead and all that stuff in rivers if the, if you want closer to home, man. If you're gonna run to the coast, man. Take a rockfish. Yeah, go out in the ocean, trip, man. dude. Yeah. My little boy, he's like, we're man. in the middle of nowhere. Once you yeah. realize you can't like yeah. see the beach, yeah. right? Yeah. And we saw an ocean. We forgot we saw an oceanic sunfish. Yeah, we did. That was, yep. that was and, cool. a, and a seal that was having some issues. A dying Baby. seal. Yep. Baby seal. Perhaps blind. A blind. Your said seal. best fishing trip of his life. Yeah, eight years. I take a little bit of offense to that. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's had some good days on the water. Yeah. He really liked it. Um, I liked it. Seeing the oceanic sunfish is cool. It so it's like really those cool. big, weird fish that are like round with a fin on top and bottom. They kind of lay on their side or lay upright and cruise the world's ocean feeding on jellyfish at the surface. I did not know I didn't they, know they ate jellyfish. Nah, I, yeah. wonder, I always wondered what They're they were doing specialists. up there on the top. I thought they were like and that, that, like that Yeah, that fish could turn up in Hawaii. Yeah. That's amazing. They just roam around, man. They got to get hit by boats, you know. Oh, for sure. All the time. So that was cool. Saw a seal that had some serious problems, like an emaciated baby seal. Not quite totally close to death, but maybe leaning in that direction eventually. He's He was weird. Um, yeah. I've never seen a seal with barnacles on it like that. No, he, he, wasn't doing, some, he wasn't doing too good. Yeah, yeah he was just kind of rolling around. Anything else? Any other highlights? No, just good company. Always good traveling. Dude, just lots of fish. Lots of fish. Nice big. And none of us caught a flay knife, so the dude had to clean all that fish. Yeah, and he was buck a rockfish. He I was pay. pretty handy at his task. Yeah, no, but that's I mean, a, I felt bad. That's a hell of a deal. I just like stay. I don't like. I get uncomfortable standing around watching someone work. Yeah, I do too. Me too. That's an awkward situation. So here he is cleaning. Yeah, he was handy with that knife. Fifty though. fish. Oh, man, he was give it to him. He was you know, on it. Those situations, they'd rather have you out of their way than oh, yeah. the mm-hmm. actor they're trying to help. So yeah, and he'd rather I think uh, do the work and, and and make the extra extra cash. Too. Yeah, yeah. Rather That's than you point. trying to pay him thirty eight bucks because you claim you cleaned four. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Point, yeah. forty. I got four. Yeah, yeah. That's probably why he brings one flay knife. Yeah, there's a hundred percent chance he does point. better than me anyway. Yeah, so. I noticed they had a sign up too that said, "If you lost your ride, you got to pay for it." <laughs> Which could have hit me and Jimmy Dorn there. Yeah. I guess you paid for that one. Though. Yeah, I did. We were out trolling salmon on uh, Jimmy Dorn's boat on July third. He keeps a boat moored in Seattle. I do. And he had bought his wife, his girlfriend. You gonna marry her? More than likely. Uh, I think you should. <laughs> I've met both. I've met both of you. She's all right. I've met both I'm of you, pretty, and I I'm, think you should. I'm a very fortunate <laughs> dude. 
She's very tolerant. Let's just put it that way. So he, for Christmas, he buys her a fishing rod, which she doesn't want anyways. No. I can't believe she you have murdered her already. Like it's, it's barely, if there's any weather at all, she's just sick. So he's like, it. you know, I really thought about us and thought about you, and I've been thinking a lot about what you need, you know, and what I can bring to this, and I bought you this fish pole. <laughs> and we're fighting a fish, and look at my kid's there. It's a little bit chaotic for a second. And he he's working on a rod and lays the rod on the roof of the boat. Oh, I moved it out of the way and I just laid it on the on the yeah. And he's comment. trying to net this. He's trying to net a king that we had on. Yep. And all of a sudden that rod into the drink. Dunzo. He's like gonna jump in and like no. Did you tell her you lost it or did you just I go buy me- another I one? Actually mentioned has it. it come up? <laughs> it hasn't come up. She says, so how's my fishing rod? Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> she's not gonna ask. I'm like, like, oh, it's fine. It's right there because I gotta go up to John's and Everett and buy like, a new one. Jimmy, I've yeah. been looking yeah. high and low. I've been looking high <laughs> and low for that fishing rod you purchased me for Christmas. <laughs> me, and my, me and my girlfriends are gonna go on a trip next week. Yeah, no. but it's, it's a sucky feeling to watch a few hundred bucks sink to the bottom. Oh, and of the ocean, here, man. you know that thing had never even been on a downrigger. It had never been fished. I had rigged it for the very first time that day because I was having additional people on the boat, and. uh it was just irony. And it's the karma of it all because let's be straight. I was, you know, it was Christmas and I was a little jammed up. And we've been together long enough that buying presents has become fairly problematic because we've already bought everything. And, and I saw the fishing rod. I'm like, she's not going to give a shit about that thing. I'm like, but it's just more wrapped up crap under the tree. All right, I'm trying to keep it even because she just goes so overboard every year with Christmas. Oh, you're trying to like, stack it up to make it look like you bought her more stuff. Like I did. And, you oh. know, it's like, but, well, I thought, well, maybe she might use it. I mean, at some point she won. If we get a day like we had today on the water where it's just nothing, sure, she, you know, she'll go fishing with me if, the, if, it's, if we have conditions like we had today. But re, you know, the reality was like, hey, you know, I probably should have a backup rod on that boat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, did she buy so you like around. a yoga mat? No. <laughs> 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 that is the perfect, perfect analogy. That is, that is it. A yoga man's you hit the nail squarely on the head. So yeah, I'm definitely not going to let her listen to this one. <laughs> yeah, it was it was yeah, a good day. Good. We caught fish. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's one of the greatest things about where we live. Is you know in, in Seattle, it's, I could be on my couch. And I like say keep my boat more than she'll show, and I I could literally be on the couch. Somebody calls or I get a wild hair and I could have downriggers in the water in 35, 40 minutes. Yeah, when I was trying to, well, I was like trying that. to talk you into moving back to Montana with me, you said that they don't troll salmon. Yeah, there. we don't. Have, my boat won't do a whole lot there. I told you you can go there and troll big old nasty browns up out of reservoirs. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, big old nasty muddy tasting browns. Montana's out of looking pretty good lately. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So. Yanni, you got any final thoughts? I need to make a correction before someone emails in about my reverse slot. I think I'm I'm just tired, and I was thinking backwards. Cause we had a day last year where we were catching them on both sides of the slot and having to throw them back. Because you weren't slot tickling. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't slot tickling. <laughs> so it's just 18 to 27. Got to be within the slot. No seasickness to today for you. No. I took Dramamine, but, you know. You look like you took something. Yeah, but you can't. Today's not a day to test that. I can't say it worked because it was so slick. It was like being out on a lake in Michigan, you know. Yeah. I lost, like, we talked about this before, but fishing with you out when you've had seasickness, <clears throat> I find myself, like, usually I just have nothing but love for you. Mm-hmm. And every time I look at you, I'm like, oh, Giannis. But that day watching you all, like, disinterested and sick and everything, I looked at you as fine to, like, kick you off the boat. <laughs> I just, like, I was like one of those people that, like, relies on, uh, I, like, need your strength. 
and seeing you at that and then seeing you at less than that it wasn't like love came up <laughs> it was, it was like i could only I yeah i, I can only man. i realized that my love for him is very shallow yeah. it's yeah. very shallow it relies on him being like eager together eager attentive yeah anticipating what's going to happen next but to see him just like weakened and all sick and not paying attention he was <laughs> he, vulnerable we point. Actually had a fish on and he wasn't even aware of it at one point i think and i was like oh man <laughs> This guy, Just go further up the, front. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of my sight. <laughs> Get out of my sight. You make me sick. <laughs> Your sickness makes me sick. Uh, Tony, any final thoughts? I don't really feel that way about Giannis. I mean, I did for a minute, but then I I, I caught myself. Yeah, I got it. That was a great day. I mean, it's, it's, we couldn't have hit a better day on the water, so fantastic i know we're telling Great all people. we're telling all Thanks. these mugs to go out like telling people oh you should go do this trip watch like you come out just like swell. yeah everybody's <laughs> yeah, sick nothing hit yeah you got yeah. a hook stuck to your hand <laughs> it's, it does not get any better than it got today so it's it, too rough to, it's too rough to piss. yeah it's too rough to piss so you got to go in your yeah. pants <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's great yeah it's excellent. Great place. Tommy, any Washington final Coast. concluders? You, you're looking to dig into that grizzly? I am. Like I guess my concluder is, too, that it's so nice because it's like, maybe it's not so nice for the people that live here in Westport, but it's uh, middle of July, summer, and uh, it's quiet here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. It's like this nice this area feels like it like, used to have more activity than it does now. It did. It did. When I, like, we spent a lot of time camping here as a kid, man. Like, even just driving down the main drag of this place is like a, like a trip past your old high school. Like, camping with my folks and donating tackle on all the local jetties and running my old man out of $5 bills for extra tackle. It's just like, it's crazy. And, like, I remember mornings, I've said this a couple times on this little trip, but like I remember mornings where you'd go down to that little main drag where all the charter boats were, and it was shoulder to shoulder guys. It was just just hustle and bustle like yeah. it was afternoon bustling. And now it's like you know you guys saw it this morning. There's a few people walking sleepy. around here. And Sle- it's yeah. sleepy. Yeah. You describe yeah. You know we we all yeah. It's just not what it once was, and it's like well, I prefer it like this. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I do but too. I, I prefer part like of this, but, but part of me is kind of sad. Right? Yeah, part of me sad, you know, and in a selfish way, I like it. I agree. But part of me sad because I knew what it once was and like how many different even charter boat companies there were for the big boats. And it's like now they're down to two, I think. I think there was at least five or six. Now they're down to two companies, you know, probably, I don't know. Handful of boats. It's just commercial. But it's like, down. yeah, it's it's. And it's I don't know what it's now. credited to, but it's like, I don't know. It's like, get your butts to Westport. Yeah, yeah. take yeah. Your, take your asses fishing, man. It's worth it. Yeah, I remember like moving out in this area, you know, and yeah. my wife, you know, because we, you know, you like to fantasize. Oh, maybe we'll buy a cabin wherever. I remember her being like, "Oh, we should get a cabin out in the San Juans." I'd be like, "Screw that, man." <laughs> go out to the coast to get a place. Yeah, I'd like, yeah coast, coast. Yeah, yeah, the coast, coast. The yeah. coast, the real one. Yeah. Anything else? Anyone? Any have anything else? Can't wait to get home and eat some fish. Me too, yeah, man. Me too. I'm going to make some killer fish tacos yep. tomorrow. When you're sitting back in Montana, far from the ocean, mm-hmm. dude. Half your house, half your house missing while yeah. you work on your big, <laughs> where you work on your big addition. 
eating some fish, You're cooking on the campfire, yeah. taste of the ocean. I've been I've been camping out, you know, so I've been making a lot of meals that make a very uh, camping uh, in uh, his house, yeah. a, uh, <laughs> you know, small footprint, right. Like, somehow I got talked into making pancakes the other day, and then they just freaking batter everywhere. I'm like, who was thinking about this? Not right. thinking about doing the dishes. But So I was like, frying shit was off the, off the table, but not anymore. I'll pay for the extra dishes. Well, you got a grill outside. I'll say maybe you could do it in the and backyard. I just just say, oh, I know, but it's the prep. Like, all the bowls and the breading and, you know, yeah. fry, you know, dealing with the oil afterwards. You remember? Uh, Are you still doing that? By the way, do you feel like it's paying off? Filtering your oil? Yeah, I've been filtering my oil. And love it. It's it's paying it's off. Huge difference. Huge difference. Because I run peanut oil, mm-hmm. and you start feeling like a moron filling that fryer up with peanut oil when you got to. So yeah, man. I get it warm. Five, seven bucks a gallon. Yep. Right? I bring it up warm enough to where, like, to break down the viscosity yeah. a little bit. I don't know why. I just do get it warm. Run it through that. Uh, that synthetic filter comes out looking like, I don't know, light honey. Lighter than light honey. Looks like urine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you're teensy dehydrated, <laughs> you know, I'm going to start putting that in cookbooks. <laughs> Get some piss-colored oil. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining. Hey, I'm excited to share our newest sponsor here on the Meat Eater Podcast, which is Poncho Outdoors. The reason I'm excited is I buy their shirts anyways. Dude, they make some good shirts. And they even have an option where if you're like a skinny dude, you can click like the skinny dude thing. It's great. Based in Austin, Texas, Poncho is committed to crafting the world's best outdoor shirts for men. Poncho is only sold on their own website. So head over to ponchooutdoors.com. Use code MEATEATER for a free hat or t-shirt with any purchase of a shirt. Poncho offers free shipping and returns, so you can try them out risk-free. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.